Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game-changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Okay. Hello, Egg Chasers. This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Back in the rugby dungeon, all together. It's been a couple of weeks, gents. First time in a while. Yeah, at least at least a month, I would say. It's nice to see you all. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Very <laughs> nice Both, I guess. Now that you're no longer on holiday, JB. Setting it up, working hard, swimming hard, cro- crossfitting every day. <laughs> Coffeeing to a mediocre standard. I, I think, I, I think... I think Spanish coffee is better than most English coffee. I don't know why. This is we've been doing it for longer. Having been in North Yorkshire for most of the last week, uh, the English coffee up there was pretty dreadful. Oh, in was most it? places, yeah. Uh, I went to oh, somewhere near York, and I can't remember what this place was called. It was a very nice little market town. And I had to try. I didn't have to try, but I did try a beetroot latte, which is one of the worst things I've beetroot. ever. I don't, ever I, had I don't want to hear any more about that. No. We've got <laughs> so <laughs> much incredible <laughs> rugby to talk about. <laughs> so on this podcast, obviously, we're going to be talking about the huge rugby occasions that there were over the week over, over the weekend, and also some international rugby. Mm. Yes, uh, well said. Yeah, because uh, obviously uh, we had our annual. Outing at the North Dorset Sevens. Perennial which, finalists. Yeah. <laughs> uh, winner of the third half always, every year. Yeah. So, yeah, more on that in a little bit. But some huge summer international games, which uh, even JB was a little bit excited about. Because you're, you're slightly apathetic about the the, the summer tours a li- in general. I am before they happen. But once they happen, once the game is on, if it's a good game, it's a good game. And I was very much looking forward to Ireland because... There's one hell of a story of them getting panned. And, you know, if they get panned again, that's a great story. If they win, that's a great story. There's lots of great stories to be had. Yeah. And, of course, there's the England drama with Eddie Jones, who... I don't know if I've said this before. I think Eddie Jones is a genius. Uh, <laughs> he's definitely a man for the World Cup. They're building nicely. <laughs> <laughs> Dean Richards put him on ice. Dean Richards, Dean Ryan put him on ice for yeah, a few, yeah. few more years. Wayne, uh, Wayne Pivak's a boy, isn't he? That Welsh team. Yeah, you've, I mean, you've only ever been uh, praise. You've only ever showered praise upon Eddie Jones and Wayne Pivak. That's exactly right. Absolutely. Exactly. Wales. Welsh rugby is in rude health. <laughs> well, Northern Hemisphere rugby. A week ago, you'd have been saying Northern Hemisphere, pack it in, send the boys home, don't bother anymore. Yeah, you've exactly. Got no chance. You're going to lose every single Test series three nil, and the turnaround this week from last week. And I, and I was certain, certainly, certainly. Scotland in Argentina, Wales in South Africa, and Ireland in New Zealand. I was certain none of those teams had any chance this week at all. Mm. And they've all three of them put in brilliant performances. All three of them won against all odds. 
fantastic. I'd love to know what the acker would have been on Ooh. all the home nation sides winning. Yeah, big, uh, long, very long. Well, I was going to say all the Six Nations sides winning, but of course one didn't, did they? No, well. no, Georgia. Congratulations, Georgia beating Italy in front of a packed house in Tbilisi. The, the atmosphere looked incredible. And, yeah, Italy downed by Georgia. The first time they've ever beaten a Tier 1 nation. Have you no. seen? Yeah. So, again, I'll ask the same question. Sorry, you were going to say, have you seen? Well, I'd, on that, the, the the one try that I've seen from it, which was the try set up by Ninayashvili, the very young, I think he's only 19. That kid is awesome. Leon, he played in the wing in the final, Leon versus, um, versus Toulon. Um, and he's playing fullback this week. The wheels on the kid, the step and the wheels. He is he's a serious, serious ball. To, to be playing, uh, starting on the wing in the top 14, age 19, is yeah. very, very impressive. No joke. Yes. Um, Congratulations, Georgia. Yeah, absolutely. And, absolutely. It's, and it's, it's, it's not, this is not a Italy second string. No. This is a strong Italy team. Well, they, they, they recognise the shot. Tommaso, Tommaso Allen played. There's an, if you watch, I watch the highlights, there's an amazing shot just at the... Uh, towards the end right near the end of the president of the FIR the Italian Rugby Federation and uh, yeah his face sp- spoke a thousand words he that he was not a happy they know the shockwaves that this is going to cause and the consequences of it and rightly so it should cause shockwaves it's a, it's, a, it's a big moment for Georgia so on that what is the biggest story of the weekend the question that you asked last week JB Ooh. well rugby rugby wise everything is so finely poised isn't it? So I don't think there's one bigger than the other. Just from a pure rugby point of view, Ireland, Wales, England. Well, well, that, I mean, those. Well, it's not England because they've won in Australia yeah. lots of times. Okay, fair. Okay, so yeah. we, we can rule so, that one out. So, so Ireland, and, Ireland and Wales then. Ireland, their first well, ever win in New Zealand. Let's just, let's just mention on uh, the England because I, I agree it shouldn't be um, in contention, but Eddie Jones has now. The Eddie Jones England teams have now won on Australian soil more times than all other England teams have historically. Wow. So it, That's a great Eddie Jones, stat. Eddie Jones' England team has won four times on Australian soil. Prior to 2016, when he took took charge, England had only won three times on Australian soil. That's, that's quite an so impressive That is historic, stat. but yeah. not to the same degree right, as yeah. Wales. All right, so as, containing um, it just Ireland. within this weekend. Uh, excuse me, excuse me. Well, well, Welsh women went there and, and won a test series, actually, bigots. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so containing it within this weekend and within and men's rugby. Men, men's international rugby, yeah. As, as if, uh, for some people, they will appreciate the clarification. As far as I, as far, Pro- probably no one that yeah. listens to us, though. But yeah. <laughs> as, as, as far as I know, there's not a single Welsh woman that has ever played a minute of rugby against someone like Dan Dupree. As far as I know. <laughs> I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Uh, so contained within this weekend... Georgia beating a Tier 1 nation for the first time. Ireland beating a New Zealand team in New Zealand for the first time. Wales beating the world champions for the first time in South Africa. What's the... Which one? If you had to pick one of those... It's Wales. It's Wales. Because that team is not a classic team. That team was meant to get absolutely battered. It is a triumph of leadership, grit, determination. And I don't think it was a match of two... Teams of even standing, and that's why I think it's a bigger story. Whereas the Ireland team has even standing in their own minds, in the minds of many, to any team on the planet. Uh, you would say that you know they would. I think they probably see themselves as the best team in the world, or want or aspire to be 
in the conversation to be the best team in the world. I Wales are not the, that. The world rankings are out now, and I think they're number two behind France. France. Go, then. France are the best team in the world, officially, yeah. like to world rugby rankings. I, I think... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to go for Georgia, but I, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm actually... I'm going. They're, they're all great achievements. I'm actually going to agree with you, but the the reason, because it's easy to say, well, this was a 14 men change from South Africa, but it's South Africa in South Africa, and the context for this that makes this so impressive and such a moment is Wales three months ago lost to Italy. Yeah, in the Six Nations. Yeah, you can't really explain. I can't explain the Wales thing to be honest. I, I don't have. I don't know. I don't know how they did it. Yeah. Now, the the one thing to kind of pour slightly cooler water on the Welsh performance, because it, it was still an incredible result, it wasn't the strongest team South Africa can put out. Yeah, not by it's, a long it's, stretch. I it's a very disagree. strong... You think, that's the, you, that, you think that's the first choice South Africa team? I think that the only reason they're not the first choice South Africa team is because they don't play together as often. So uh, South Africa would have put out a better team. I don't think the individuals improve drastically, though. So... <laughs> well, do you think South Africa can, can put out a better team? Because you said you disagreed to that statement. As individuals, no. No, no, the team. Oh, yeah, as in that, the whole team. Yes. As in the word team. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about Severis's um, washing up or his painting <laughs> yeah, skills. No, 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 we're no, talking no. about the rugby here, uh, JB. If you're talking about personnel, <laughs> the personnel are top notch. Absolute top notch. But the team, but as a team, yeah, they are. Be- they do have better combinations that they could field. So that, so that puts slightly cool water on the, the Wales yeah. result because they were playing a team, not individuals. Um, also, the way that they played, they just stayed in the fight. Yeah, they, they made. I've, I've seen it different in two different places, but by one count, ninety-three meters with ball in hand, and by the really? other count, one hundred meters with the ball with ball. Wow! In hand. Only two Welsh players in the twenty-three got double figures with ball in hand wow so they, the way that they played it was incredible heart incredible defense repeatedly incredible defense but staying in the fight it was not by any stretch an amazing performance except for the result and except for the manner of the result which the last try and the kick from the corner were oh, both sensational what bits of a, what a pair of but the clackers on Gareth Ainscombe. Oh, well and, that, and, and with that road back to being back in the team again with all those injuries. He yeah. had a really nice quote, uh, which Matthew Salcombe, is it, from Wales Online got? Not sure. And tweeted? No, oh, I don't know. He, don't know. No, he's actually, very, he's actually a good writer, I've got to say. Um, Just mark that, JB complimented <laughs> Wales, Wales Online. Online. I'm guessing you won't stay at Wales Online long. <laughs> if, you, if you've got any talent, you don't, anyway. Um, so... It was singing along the lines of that kick was about all the people that helped him back on his, uh, on his two-year recovery because there's been a hell of a lot of work. A hell of a lot of work. It's amazing. You, you, I, was watching that, I was watching that live thinking, I really hope he does this. I, because of that route back, because he, yeah. he looked like he was out of the game. He, he was finished age, whatever it is, 30, 31, with repeat, repeated knee injuries and such a long time out. For a guy who's a he's a running fly half. Yeah. Um just that kick was incredible. Awesome moment. Awesome. But uh, and now you're talking more though. I am reflecting on what that Irish result means, and, what, and I think what that Irish result means overall is they've once again got really, really good uh, about a year before a World Cup. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Well, they, they, this is so the Ireland team in 2016 was it when they beat 
um, the All Blacks in Chicago, that signified a step up in Irish rugby to me. That was them reaching kind of yes. the next level. And this, since then, they've beaten them. This is the fourth um, fourth in seven that they've beaten the All Blacks. Great. That was the watershed moment where they believed they could start beating people. Yeah. Because, um, well, beating... Because they beating um, the All Blacks, which obviously they'd never done in a hundred plus years at that moment in time, and that is the it's the pinnacle of world rugby and has been for a long period of time. The All Blacks at that moment in time were the best in the world. They've been number one in the world for however many years. They'd won back to back World Cups. Uh, they were unbeatable to Ireland uh, to the point where the year before that they um, the All Blacks came from I think it was five points down. After the clock had gone eighty yeah. to go hundred meters, and then <laughs> it was just inevitable, wasn't it? From from the touchline, yeah. So you just thought, you just felt that they were always unbeatable. And since they've passed that mark, this island have gone from strength to strength. Their Six Nations was was exceptional, um, second only to the best team in the world, France. And this feels like another kind of notch up again another step up in terms of their performance yeah performance definitely and in terms of the manner that they did it as well yeah. now you can talk about the New Zealand being having multiple yellow cards being down to 12 men uh, at a point in time well, and well having they, a red they, card they weren't they should have been down to 12 men we'll talk, we'll they, talk about yeah, that in a bit they were actually down they were. They should have been down for, to 12 men for longer than they were yes, correct. I think but they, they had a period when they had 13 men on um, when they should have had 12 but Regardless, this New Zealand team is an exceptional team. They've got absolutely exceptional playmakers and runners right across the board. And Ireland handily beat them in mm. their back, backyard. And it was from the, the second minute, um, third minute, when Andrew Porter crashed over from that beautiful line after the Tyburn break, Ireland looked the better team. And New Zealand really struggled to get into it because Ireland was so, so good and so dominant for... 80 minutes we'll get into the substance of it let me just quickly say uh, if you haven't already hit subscribe hit subscribe that's one way you can thank us or if you appreciate the fact there's a podcast for you every single Monday morning nearly 10 years we'll be into our 11th season in a few weeks that's right no we'll be into our 11th we'll be into our 10th we just had another season on every season whatever whatever whatever. 15th season 18th season yeah we've been doing it we've been doing it for ages and if you appreciate it since the amateur days haven't we and Eve. And we are there for you every single Monday morning. And if you appreciate that, you can hit subscribe, and that's one way to thank, uh, to show your appreciation. Uh, you can leave a five-star review. Thank you very much for that. You can just get in touch with us and let us know your thoughts and contribute, and you, you can hear your thoughts on the pod uh, by emailing contacteggchasers at gmail.com. Or if you want another level of appreciation, we, we welcome that as well, and thank you to our patrons at patreon.com forward slash eggchasers. And can I also just say, and we'll talk specifically about the North Dorset Sevens in a bit, but just this was one of those weekends, and this happens every now and again, and we've all we've all experienced this many times now. Where I'm so I'm really proud of this. Ooh, of I'm really proud of this. Oh, what what this, what this little podcast that we have? This, this little podcast. I'm really juggernaut. I'm I'm really proud because okay. So uh, the way we all met was through rugby, right? So am I right? So you went to university with one of JB's mates and you played rugby with him. Yes, Bruno. Uh, Bruno JB's ex. Yeah, J- ex friend, ex door neighbour, former barbarian and RGC legend. Yeah, Bryn Williams. Yeah, yeah. So so it was rugby that connected you two. Yeah, um, I met you through JB. Yeah, and I met JB because I turned up at Broughton uh, Park Rugby Club, and 
JB will just, and he does this with everybody, uh, just comes up to you and says, hello, let's go for a coffee. Do you want to chat? No, you do. Tell me about you. Um, uh, Well, uh, I'm I'm like the Stuart Lancaster of amateur rugby. I'm all about culture. (laughs) Coffee culture. Yeah. Coffee with the boys culture. I felt, no, first time... um, JB and I had a proper chat. I, th- uh, I, w- I went round to his house and fell asleep on his sofa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> JB has that effect on people. <laughs> <laughs> but from that tiny little acorn, like rugby brought us together, and the only thing that 26 or maybe more men had in common in a field in North Dorset over the weekend was rugby, and that brought that group of men together who, in any other walk, in any other what universe would never have probably crossed each other's path yeah some phenomenally interesting lads some phenomenally mm. interesting incredibly lads. interesting guys um marines army powers prison prison, yeah. prison governors uh you name it they're there and yeah some some men of real substance and character and it, it was a privilege to uh it's a privilege just to have them listening to the podcast, let alone actually proactively wanting to come and spend a weekend Any, it, yeah. with us anyone over and pull on our jersey yeah Anyone lacing up their boots over 30, 30, 35 is um, a little bit mental, I, I, I guess. <laughs> I would go along with that. And I'd also say, I was thinking this um, today as I was sort of basking in the glow of a great weekend. And I was thinking that rugby and, and the weekend we've had taps into something very primal. Mm. It's like wired, wired deep within us. Firstly, it's the, the sort of physical confrontation, mm. actually enjoying I, I i had a shower and i got out and i looked in the mirror and i saw there's some stud marks on my back yes and I, have, I haven't had that were in, you painting those on though <laughs> <laughs> i haven't had that in a long time and it just the aches that i feel right now felt really good and i think in like a primal way it r- rugby does something it unlocks something deep within us uh, where it feels quite good to be brutalized and challenged by other consenting adults who don't mind you trying to brutalise them too. Exactly right. And that sent that connection, and particularly after the last couple of years where we've all been, uh, people have been living separately in little bubbles, actually we need, and this is what rugby clubs do, it's what rugby teams do, and it's what this podcast uh, does as well, is it brings a load of completely different people together and we, and that, that sense of like m- men together, um, which some people try and write off as toxic, is absolutely essential and uh, and it's and it was amazing. I loved it. Yeah, it was uh, it, it was a, a very very good weekend and yeah, a lot of credit to North Dor- North Dorset uh, Rugby Club for setting the whole thing up and doing an absolutely fantastic job. And no doubt credit to Captain Lee for looking after everyone and sorting everything out because he's an incredible organizer. Yeah, more 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 on that a little bit later. But yeah, mm. the, yes, we've so. got some amazing international games. Let's to just talk, talk about, about Ireland a second. Let's yep. just go back to Ireland. There's a lot of controversy midweek over Johnny Sexton because he had a concussion. Yeah, of and course then there Johnny was. Sexton played. I, I have views on this. What are your views on this mandatory? You cannot play, or not mandatory, or somewhere in between. What's what's going on? Well, and what should the rules be? My views on it is like this is another occasion where just not paying much attention to rugby Twitter was a was a gift because I <laughs> I know exactly who the people were that were moaning about this and whinging about. It. I could tell you that I could reel off the names and the podcasts and all the rest of it right now, but I didn't give it a second thought. So my brief view on it is there are protocols in place the protocols were followed Johnny Sexton played next uh, next conversation yeah so there should be the, the protocols were followed right uh, my understanding um, Andy Farrell was asked repeatedly about it 
he said the protocols were followed. Now there is a World Rugby have extended the mandatory stand down for concussion to twelve days, which happened only very recently. Yeah. Um, he wasn't concussed. Evidently, though. he's not concussed, which is what Andy Farrell said. Ah. Therefore, he doesn't have to follow that. He has a return to play protocol because he did take a head knock, but he can play. And he he was. If he wasn't man of the match, he was right up there with a few other guys. Right, yeah. having an and, and so game. on this, ju- just to explain a little further, Phil is normally the one with the detail. I'm sure he would know this, but just I looked into this, and you do an immediate HIA check, which is whether you can return to the field at the time or not. You then do subsequent HIA, uh, HIA checks, both a few hours after the game and a couple of days after the game. And on 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 number one, he failed it but that doesn't mean he was concussed that just Does means it not? no it just means he didn't reach the bar to go back on the field he was done again that uh, about an hour or two hours after the game and he was done again two days later or something like that and he passed both of those and by world rugby protocol by the protocol every international team runs by he was uh, he was deemed not concussed one and safe to play and that was that's world rugby actually on things like the, I don't, we don't need to get into the, the, all the trans stuff, but on this sort of stuff, they are very thorough, and Do they you, take a medical first kind of approach. So, well, it should it's it be fine. okay? So, should it be medical first? Let uh, the boys play. That's, that's 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 my first question. And what do you think of these mandatory rules? Well, the mandatory twelve days. Yeah, twelve days one in particular, which I have some issues with. I I, I don't like. Uh, well, so again, sorry, I'll, I'll be brief mm. on this. I don't like one size fits all anything. No. No, because every, every person's different. So th- that's why I quite like the power with the doctor. <laughs> they, they well, well, their best place to Phil? kind of know. I'm, I'm, so I don't know the details, as in the details of the of what constitutes a sufficient head injury to to lead to a twelve day stand down. But I'm okay with a twelve day stand down if if you suffer a bad head injury. So this is this is what I've been thinking. I get the argument for removing a player from the field of play immediately if they don't know what day it is. That makes sense because the player is lacking agency. Uh, you know they can't. You know they're, they're they're mentally incapacitated. So yes, you remove them for their own safety. Or if you can see from the videos, which is what the doctors do, that they were definitely out, knocked out. Yeah, yeah. You, you've yeah. got to take yeah. that player off. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, as for the mandatory stand down period, I think it should be advisory, not mandatory. So look, if you want to play next week and you're 37 and you're Johnny Sexton not that this applies to Johnny Sexton he's just the example I'm using if you want to play why can't you play that could be you know the game that could be your final that could be the only time that you're going to win a test in, in New Zealand that could be a mega point of your life and you can have that removed from you because of some box ticking exercise up top which says we have to stand down for 12 days all the information should be given to the players they should be advised strongly to follow protocol I would say they should follow protocol, but ultimately, unless a player is lacking agency or has diminished responsibility or um, uh, you know is somehow mentally incapacitated, he gets to make that make that decision. I, I can't I can't abide the idea that you just take. Imagine if, so, if someone told me I couldn't play. I, I, well, it's only on the basis that you are deemed to have been concussed by not meeting the threshold of the tests. Which are there? So, it, like, uh, yeah. so, so this is the perfect case. Johnny Sexton was fine because he wasn't concussed. And I will also say this, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. But I'm talking more broadly. I don't want to talk about this exact case. Yeah, yeah. Well, what broadly. I'm saying that, but there is nuance built into the system, which 
what I'm saying, because th- there are methods to deem whether you were definitely concussed I or not. I see, I see. Yeah, so if, if he had failed, so he had three, three tests uh, within the first 24 hours or however long it was, failed the first one, passed the second two. If he fails the second two... Or either one of the second or two. Or either one of the second two. He is then... He, yes. Yeah. And, I, there, and then the, I guess the agency point would come in then. This, this is just playing, I guess, what World Rugby's argument that would be, is if you have a brain injury like that, it can take days or, well, they're saying minimum of 12 days for you to recover to the point where... Presumably, when a player gets a concussion on the field, you won't want him signing his new contract or opening a bank account, right? <laughs> it would be a great chance to get them to sign, sign contracts. Do, do not operate heavy machinery when you're on cough medicine. Yeah, kind of, kind yeah. of thing, like disclaimers. <laughs> Probably yes. Probably you shouldn't be taking long-term financial decisions when you're doing this so, like, they've either got in this period. You know, they're either mentally incapacitated to make decisions or they're not. Now, I think if you're immediately concussed but, and knocked out, you are mentally incapacitated. Yeah, yeah. You need in. to start doing HIA on all your financial clients. Yeah, well... well <laughs> Just in no, case. No, they might have had a you DIY got, accident. You, you, you've got it the wrong way around, mate. I need to start rope tackling them as they come in, headshotting them. <laughs> <laughs> That's what here, I need to... here, sign this. <laughs> no, wham! <laughs> uh, yeah, so I've just... Uh, it just really bothered me that a, a guy's career can be taken away without his say-so. Uh, so all the information obviously should be provided, but I just can't see re- uh, because all all rugby you're doing is they're covering for themselves. They're not covering for the player. Well, they're, 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 doing, they're doing both, aren't they? But if, if they're you, covering themselves, they're covering for the players. It's a very dicey, uh, very dicey moral argument. I think if you've worked oh, I, your entire yeah. career and someone says no, you can't do it, I, you know the risks. You know you're a world expert at the risks. Johnny Sexton knows more about the risks of concussion, not that this applies to him in, in this case, than any, than any other okay. man alive, I would say, for his health. Just to continue the, the conversation on Johnny Sexton specifically, the, the, there's all, like, he's 37 years of age, and he's still a world-class player. He is. I, mm. I, I he was so good. Do you think, and this is something I want to talk about later, with older players... It's not about what their top end is anymore because we know their top end. Like we saw this year, this game is superb. Do you think it's just consistency? They can't do that top end every single week. Well, oh. yes. So, and actually, when I sorry, Phil, uh, when I do little air checks and stuff at work, so I'll sit down with the boss once a week and he'll just pick a random hour and we'll listen to it and just kind of like chat about what do you think of that? What's going on? I like Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi's good. <laughs> there you go. You, you, could do, you could do a show on Virgin Radio. Um, and, and what we talk about and what my kind of, I've been doing it quite a long time. I'm sort of a, no, I'm not like the Johnny Sexton of radio. That's not what I mean at all. But I've been doing it. I've been doing it a long time. Yeah. And actually the objective is to raise my bad days so even my bad day mm. hits a seven out of ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And occasionally, very occasionally, I might do. It, I might get to nine or ten. But those moment, those are moments that come around every now and again. But actually, it's yeah, every day, seven out of ten. Yeah, that, eight out of ten. The, in the run up to two thousand and three, the England team spoke about that, and they, they said not everyone is going to be nines and tens every game, but it's about kind of raising the average up. And if someone is having a bit of a bad game, everyone else. Raising the average of the overall, and that is Johnny Sexton right there. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I do think he has more off games now than he used to. We don't see him as often, so and because he can't play as often, you know, mm. he does need to sort of warm into competitions and feel his way around. But he has a lot of experience, and I think we'll see more of this with old players, where they're just sort of getting used. Well, you keep them about because they're brilliant, but you have to expect sometimes they won't perform. Well, sometimes they'll do what they what Johnny Sexton did on Saturday. Other times they might not be at the races, and I think uh, we're going to see just a b- bit more of it. I think I think with Sexton, 
I'd probably notice that less than some other players. But partly because he does play less than being at Leinster with the IRFU. They've been brilliant at managing him to extend his career. Um, but he just, he does seem, he seems consistent to me. Now, whether the players, are, he's one of those players who, he makes things happen for people around him. If the people around him don't take those opportunities, is yeah. that, who who do you blame? If the people around him don't perform, if they're getting pushed back in the scrum and he's getting no te- no um, front foot ball, it's not really Sexton's bad day. It's it's guys around him, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's got someone's past him. Well, e- yeah. equally, I guess at both at Leinster and certainly yesterday, he had a, a pack that were very much on top. Like Tigburn was awesome. Oh, he was brilliant. Tigburn was. Did he ab- play last week? Yeah, I don't think, did he? Yeah, 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 he did. Tyburn was awesome. Peter Omani is just a yeah, st- such a hard man. I, I think he's. I think Omani's put on a few kg. He's, he's his hips look wider than I'm sure they were um, a few years ago. But he just look. He's playing so well. Yeah, he's, he's playing brilliant. He, he does this excellent thing where he's such a nuisance at the breakdown. Which is one excellent thing, but then he he seems to they seem to utilize him in the wide channels surpri- surprisingly well, and he can get these little offloads in. He kind of knows when to take contact and when to offload, which he he does to great effect. Getting into the same position over and over again, getting yeah. familiarity with yeah. it, and just being an absolute piece of work, like yeah. his proper mongrel. Yeah, and he got in Sam Kane's face and apparently I, I, I looked at the moment on the, on the and I couldn't hear him say it over the ref mic but apparently he said how does it how does it feel Sam just being a shit Richie McCall <laughs> 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 he's a hard hard man the the Peter Morney thing baffles me because he does get quite a lot of stick from Island Quarters I think you know, is he good enough? Is he is he not good enough? The guy was Lions captain. I mean, he is exactly the guy. He, he did go through a dip in form, relative. Yeah, mm. relative about a year or so ago. And, and I, I thought, and, and he was on the bench quite a lot. Yeah. And I thought maybe that was it. He's going to be making way for these younger guys coming through. And Josh van der Fleer, by the way, in that in that back row was immense as well. And and Caelan Doris. And Caelan Doris. They were all there. Yeah. That, well, there, there you go. We've just named most of the pack, and. That's that. That does help a ten play very well. Too. It does. They were a gnarly, well, gnarly bunch of men. I mean, Andrew Porter last week was much maligned for scrummaging. Yeah, and to be fair, probably deserved it. He got taken apart. Did much much better this week, and then gets two tries. So we talk about everyone raising their game a little yeah. bit. <laughs> well, there's a guy for you. He was yeah. maybe a five last week, but he was a nine this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this this game we. Remiss of us not to talk about the cards, and and indeed, um, I don't suppose you've seen um, the fuzzy post-match interview. Yeah, I have. Um, it would no, also be remiss not to mention this email from Brian Ward. Contact mm. says at gmail dot com says uh, love the podcast. Oh, you're my sorry. that's all right. Uh, love the pod. You're my first stop every Monday morning. Blah blah blah. Podcast. <laughs> blah blah blah. <laughs> he said, Your sentient phone yeah. doing crazy <laughs> things again. He said, I, "I'm so looking forward to Monday." This is he wrote this on Saturday, and let's, let's see what time actually at eleven ten in the morning. Okay, there you go. Uh, okay, so just so, as England was kicking off, just as England was kicking off, and shortly after Ireland were yeah. celebrating. I'm so looking forward to Monday. Is your humble pie apple? After all, it is green. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we were we were fairly confident New Zealand were going to take that one. I, yeah, so I ca- I can't believe it. I really I said it said it earlier in the pod. I was certain I was certain Ireland were going to get a hammering. A certain Wales were going to lose, but fair play Ireland, f- fair because they really shut down New Zealand. 
They were brilliant. What is the Foster interview? Tell me about that. So I well, saw it, one that was recorded. I think it was recorded this morning because he referred to the post-match yesterday. Yeah. And he it, it just came across as kind of sour grapes because he... I know he was being asked about the cards, but he kind of repeatedly mentioned the cards. He he mentioned two things which made it sound like sour grapes. One was he kind of offhand said, "Well, Ireland should have had four yellow cards last week," which does make it sound like what no, the game you won. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. game they won. Um, but also, he kept referring back to the second test for the Lions when Sonny Bill got a red card for the shoulder charge to Anthony Watson in that game he kept referring back to that what relevance did it have just he's, he felt like he was referring back to it, it like, I, and he it just came across with a bit of sour grapes and him really looking for excuses which he shouldn't be looking for excuses but he will be because he's under pressure after that performance he will be under pressure he got a great result last week but overall since he t- took over New Zealand haven't been the super superpower world force that they once yeah. were. He, he does have a legitimate grievance in that he wasn't allowed. He, he got uh, and the referee uh, Jakob Piper has held his hands up and said, "I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Sorry." Uh, in that Ardi Surveyor was told he couldn't return to the field. Mm. Yeah, uh, that's quite a complex scenario. It is. Isn't it? Well, it was more complex, and nobody. I, I went and worked this all out myself because no one during the game explained any of it that no one knew what was going the on the commentators really. didn't clock it they never mentioned it the clearly no one had a clue the referees didn't have a clue the coaches and the captains didn't have a clue so um yeah it was in the dark so well it's one of those things which just doesn't often happen so what go on Timmy if you've worked out because they went down so they lost um Tunga Fassi to a red card after 31 minutes the tight. Well, they they already had a yellow card at that point. Was that the yellow card? Yeah, oh no, yellow, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yellow card. Yellow card was. Uh, I'm getting getting this wrong yellow already. Card first. Yeah, yellow card first, which was uh, Tunga Fassi. Then, and that was for the tackle off the ball. Ringer would tackle off the ball. Then Tata uh, Ta gets the red card for the hit on Ringer during his during the 10 minute sim bin so they've lost his both tight heads player is red carded yes they lose both tight heads in a 10 minute window yeah, first to yellow during the yellow card um Papali went off okay for the replacement prop yeah and then when Tar Tarval was sent off yeah um Papali will stay off Papali will stay off and, and they have to bring on a front row to scrummage in, in replacement for another player who was Ardi Surveyor at that point. Yeah. yeah. And what should also have happened, which didn't happen, is that uh, New Zealand should lose another player because the prop they brought on was a loose head and they couldn't... Right. Yeah, due, that's what due, was... due to a red or a yellow card or both, a red and a yellow card. So if it's due to blood or a head injury... You can go uncontested without, without losing consequence. a consequence. But if it's if it's a, a consequence of a yellow card or a red card, you are supposed to lose an extra player when yes. you go uncontested, which is what the referee did not enforce. Yes, yeah, so when yeah. we were batted in a cup final against Rochdale about eight years ago, I was told to fake injury at tight head uh, in order to go to un- uncontested scrums because if we were, went any other way, if you just took me off, you'd have to lose two players. Yeah. In that case, we lost one player. Yeah. So when 
Well, so they should have been down to 12, but they were actually down to 13. They, they were actually at 13. But when the yellow card expired and Tunga... Oh, Tunga Fassi. Fassi. When he, when he re- returns to the field... Um, hold on. Then Papa... Um, then that should be a reversal. No. So when the he returns to the field, um, Papa Lee can come back on. As long as the the replacement prop that was there for the uncontested scrum comes off as well. Yes. So, um, they, so they have two players going on, one coming off. Yes. Uh, but what happened is uh, the referee wrongly said, Ardi Surveyor, you can't come back on. Yeah. And New Zealand also sent them both on, along with the prop who was simbined so they had 15 men so they should have had 12 and then they had 15, 15. when they should have had 14 brilliant God. what a mess that i mean it's quite complex to be fair to them. yeah it is it's, it's incredibly complex yeah. when you're in that situation well okay so foster's not happy about his cards do you know who else is not happy about foster's cards uh, eddie jones eddie, eddie jones, jones. Yeah, and i think he's right i think it's hard to deny what eddie jones is saying because he makes the point that the prop was more injured than the player that he illegally assaulted, which, uh, which is a fair point. No one is, nobody is going out to hurt themselves as badly as that New Zealand fellow got hurt. So, with that in mind, this is not a change of behaviour thing. It's not a poor technique thing. He wasn't, from what I can see, he wasn't even looking where he was going. Uh, it was a switch, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, a, it was, it was, was a very, it was a very late deceptive switch by James Lowe and Gary Ringrose so the, the I, I do have massive sympathy for the prop because he was stood in a position where he was following the play and wasn't thinking he was going to tackle and I, I rewound and watched it in real time and just I did a kind of vague count like and one for a second and I didn't even finish saying and it was like 0.2 seconds yeah it's, yeah, it's a f- fraction of a and, second and he went from being a Defender who wasn't anticipating making a tackle to the guys running right at me in literally 0.2 seconds. They say intent doesn't come into it. It should do. Eddie is right that there are too many cards. Foster is... I don't know if he's right to be aggrieved or not. I do think that the solution... I do think these cards are appearing now because World Rugby in particular want a, a solution to the concussion issue and um, mm. when I say solution concussions are always going to exist but they need to be seen to be doing something and the cards are seen to be doing something even if it has no real material effect on the health of players even if the stats don't change or whatnot, um, they need to be seen to be doing so- something so that, that's why these cards carry on ca- or continue to be dished out left right and centre I think something does need to change because there are too many cards and the amount of cards are going up. The bit, the bit, yeah, cards are definitely going up. Um, I don't know at this moment in time whether concussions are coming down. Uh, I suspect they're probably still going up. I suspect they're going up. Partly partly due to a counting thing because of awareness. I suspect they will continue to go up for a while, actually, until they do start to come down, hopefully. But I might be wrong on that. They might never never come down. Called or. More and more symptoms are going to be discovered for concussion. More knowledge will, you know... Basically, I'm I'm in complete agreement. Concussions are going to rise. Yeah, I I think they will do. The bit with Eddie, because there there is... There's two ways to take it. And I don't don't think Eddie was explicit on this. Um, You could say, stupid laws, world rugby is out of control. Because he says, the games are out of control, the cards are out of control. Now, you could interpret that as... World rugby being stupid, they're out of control. Or 
the plays are out of control. Get your tackle height, height down, guys. Yeah, but the, the example of the New Zealand prop uh, getting readied for that collision. Well, if he gets if he gets his tackle height down, but he, he, how? He's got like, ben, like better the waist. Well, that, that's where I do have sympathy because I, I uh, do the, in that situation. That situation, because I guess the coaching point from that is everyone who is oh. who is not only uh, f- preparing to make a tackle, but could potentially make a tackle run with your waist hinged ninety degrees. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is re- it's really tough, and it's hard to draw the line between. Um, the, the empathy for oh that was just one of those situations where it's incredibly hard and very unlucky mm, and yeah. clearly no intent and you can't intent's not something you can prove and it's really hard to draw that line and I think that's all that's actually being argued over here by people that have different opinions like you, yourself yeah. some, someone might listen and actually we all agree there are reckless dangerous tackles which deserve the sanctions of a red card or a yellow card or whatever uh, yeah. we all agree that it's just actually you can slide that scale Mm. With with, uh, you you can slide that scale and slice and dice it however you want. But um, well, the, it's a I tough mean, one. The, the main casualty of changing the laws so that Eddie gets what he wants and I get what I want uh, is that consistency would have to be abandoned. I'm yeah. sure of that. Yeah, because it, it, well, like you say, how do you how do you enforce something which is such a dynamic situation? So the upside to what they're doing is, of course, if you see a, I'll give you an example. Liam Williams makes a tackle in South Africa and Wales are about to win the game. He makes a tackle. It's judged to be a no-arms tackle. Uh, gets the South Africa player into touch. I can't remember if it's a penalty try, but anyway, South Africa score right Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember one. God, that's about seven, six, seven years ago. Yeah, and it's a good time frame, that, because that's when things were starting to change. Was it Cornell Hendricks, who was playing 13 for the, I want to say for the Bulls in the pro... Um, UFC final Yes it was A few weeks ago Yeah Liam Williams No arm tackle in the corner Oh was that I didn't know that That was Hendricks I seem to think it was I could be wrong on that But Yeah So and the reason I picked that one Is because everything Is about to change then So the Welsh feel Very aggrieved Because we have seen So many of these tackles I mean Yeah yeah one, um, Well not one Martin Hernandez who was, who was the kicker Was it Hernandez Uh what, uh, what the uh, Stephen Jones who regards who regards yeah, the best the, fly the, half the, ever? Yeah, yeah best, best. Yeah, one, one Martin Hernandez. One yeah. Martin, yeah, I'm yeah t- ten slash fifteen. You're yeah. thinking Fernandez. Ten slash twelve slash fifteen. That's him. Now he went through a, a phase of almost redefining tackling by diving back first into the legs of oncoming massive wingers, <laughs> and for a while this is like the trend. And then Liam Williams goes and does that, and all of a sudden Wales can see the penalty try, lost a game, lost their first ever victory in South Africa. Um, so. If you were to change it to what Jones and I would prefer, you'd get more situations like that when people would feel aggrieved and robbed that they don't understand the decision, and you've had loads of these loads of these similar decisions which have been let go go in the past. Yeah. So you do need the consistency. It's just what do you need? You know. Yeah, and I, I would I would opt on the side of consistency, um, but I know I understand yeah. other people wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think it was. I'm just watching the replay of it. I think it was Cornell Hendricks. Just oh, it's a bad tackle. <laughs> is it? It's bad. It's, I mean, it's, fa- there's no... It's straight straight into the head. But the fact that I don't even remember it as bad at that time. I, re- I remember it as being quite bad. This is slow motion, which does make things worse. That looks okay. That's fine. Oh, that's George that's, North. Oh. George North, we missed him. Oh. He's diving. 
Oh, right. So the height yeah. is not the issue. It's, it's not the it's height. The arm. Yeah. It's the fact that the there time, is an There would be loads of that. Yeah, yeah. That was, not, that. that was not uncommon. It's just bundling people into touch. I was firing into the corner. That, yeah. That, that, everyone, oh, yeah, it's now, fine. They're the, diving. The one that I'm completely with Eddie Jones on is, and we've talked about this on the podcast loads, and it actually feels like there's a bit of momentum behind this now. The quote unquote deliberate knock on. Is a ridiculous law that yeah. world rugby have to change. Well, they, they at least, if nothing else, they have to change the name of the law. Yes. Because it's not, we've, we've spoken about this many times, as you say, Tim, it is not a deliberate knock-on. It's whether you are in a position to catch the ball. Intent doesn't come into it. It's are you in a position to catch the ball, yes or no. If it's yes, you're in a position to catch the ball, that is not a deliberate knock-on. If it's no... That is or can be a deliberate knock-on. So yeah, yeah a d- that deliberate knock-on penalty yellow card sh- or penalty try should be reserved for deliberate a, slap a, down. a handball type. Uh, sorry, a volleyball type spike well, of the ball. Okay, so you know it when you see it. So there are a few things here: the slap down, card, penalty. We all agree with that. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. An attempted intercept, which is knocked on, in my mind, it's a knock-on within the five metre line. No. I think actually, if it's an attempted intercept, no, attempted intercept. it's a knock on. Fine, I don't know. It's I a knock know. on. Yeah, well, because well, because it is. It's not well, a, a, yeah. a, a deliberate knock on. Is I t- I, I p- push the ball. I, I touch the ball with no intent to catch to try and catch it to prevent what an attacker getting it. Do when it's sort of looping over you and you see the guy get in the air. He's got his fingertips to it. He's not in a realistic position to intercept it. You know, I, well, if he got his fingertips to it, then... Well, I, I make this argument, which is they're professional rugby players. They're the most qualified people to know if to they're judge in that. In fact, yeah, Justin, Justin Harrison on commentary, he said a lot of things in the past. He, he, he made he was so good with what he said. He said, and he was referring to the, the Aussie winger. What's his name? Parise. He uh, said uh, the reserve winger. Isaiah yeah. Parise. He said, he said his hand was sunlight, not grass. Yeah. And yeah. that's a really easy distinction. If he was tapping it downwards... Yeah, but I was going to stop knocking it down with the, I mean, with the with back of my hand. Then that was that was over his head, so there was no way he could have been kind of yeah. spiking it. Yeah, that. But he but he could have tipped it up. Yeah, he could almost have tipped that, it I up and that caught it. Was a really it. good standard, though. I thought the standard of did you tap it down or did you tap it well, up was a decent standard. And, and, yeah, and, and they've done something that simple with the forward pass law because they don't look at did the ball travel forward because of the, the because of momentum. Yeah. and physics. So it's did the hands go backwards, and that's a really simple way of judging. A forward pass or not? Yep, yep. Which direction did the hands go? You could go hand up, hand down, as one way of eliminating Marcus Smith and th- that chap whose name I yeah, I've forgotten Parise. again. Parise, yeah, Desire. getting rid of both of those yellow cards. Yeah, yeah, it is a tough one because there are some other ones where you know the, the ball. You are in a position to catch the ball. It zips across you, and you just stick <coughs> your hand out, and it goes forward. Now th- that's more like the Marcus Smith one. Yeah, which I do. I have some sympathy with some of those yellow cards because some of them the ones I as in I have sympathy with the referees giving them yellow cards because sometimes they are just trying to stop the ball just they've got no chance of catching it they're just sticking an arm out to stop the ball to to prevent a pass and that I don't really like that if if you've got no chance of catching it but it's yeah. then how do you judge yeah and also it's uh, on, yeah, that, ho- on that whole intent yeah. on that whole intent isn't it just like it's an automated there's no decision process in it it's just it might, uh, it's just instinct 
if if it is though, you can. I, I can't help but think you can get rid of that. Yeah, it's just the pa- you, know, if you're, you never it, you never get into that position but, where you're you are just trying to block the pass. Well, the, uh, the ones, right, for the one, one thing, even if the Marcus Smith one was a pen, fine. But the yellow yeah. a, a yellow card for it just seems so excessive. Well, the, the ones that I really have sympathy is sympathy for the players this time is where they're in the process of making a tackle and one arm is outstretched oh, and the pass goes and it hits the, they're the ones I think I think that should never if you're in the process of making a tackle that should never be a deliberate knock on because uh, you, you, you're wrapping your arms to make the tackle what do they want to do no arm tackle well, no, <laughs> no you can't do that either right okay <laughs> so it's a yellow card if you make a no arm tackle it's a yellow card if you make a tackle <laughs> Yeah, but I guess I just let them in for a try. Them, yeah. Well, as it shows, you got to write the laws very precisely because if you're in a position to block a pass, and effectively you're in a position to catch a pass, well, but you're definitely being cynical. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with that. But also, I think it's just repeating something I've said on a recent podcast: is actually just take loads of the laws, laws and the writing away. out, and just have principles, and then principle-based regulation like the FCA have principle-based <coughs> have principle-based regulations no. and leave the referees, and actually just accept Twitter is the cause of this no. because we used to actually quite enjoy just having a bit of a ding dong and a bit of a chat over decisions after a game and feeling aggrieved. But the problem is Twitter is has I don't think and that a... sort of social media lambasting of refs and demand that something's done about it that that's what's caused a lot I of this I don't know I, I don't think these two discussions are actually Twitter based these two are you know gen- genuine concern by coaches about the direction of travel of how the laws are implemented so I, you know it's, I think it's a bit more nuanced maybe um, but it's a principle based regulation uh, one of the banes of my life um, <laughs> with the problem with principle based regulation particularly the grassroots game is you get some absolutely bizarre interpretations <laughs> so we were playing a team on the wheel I want to say it's Old Anselmians mm-hmm. I want to maybe Old Anselmians doesn't, doesn't matter a team on the wheel a team on the wheel, team on the team wheel. On the wheel for Colwyn Bay right and this is just as raking was being eliminated from a oh, game yeah. so we were still doing it uh, and then a ref said to us, right, you do not put your feet on a player. And because it's so common at the time, people said, well, how do we clear him out of ruck, sir? And he goes, right, you lie down. So he got a lad to slide down. He got two of our other players. He goes, well, you stand by his feet and you stand by his head and lift him up. Like he's a carp- roll like carpet. Like he's a roll of carpet. Like, <laughs> are you joking? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that went down horrendously. So, yeah, you don't want to be leaving the interpretation of uh, a principle-based law or principle-based regulation to, you know, people on a weekend. They need guidance. They need hard oh, okay. laws. I, I remember, sorry, it's not, not really, well, yeah, I guess it is an interpretation by a referee, but um, one of my, one of the oddest decisions that went against me when I was playing was, um, I was playing second team for Sedgley and 8-9-15, I was playing 15. I go round the opposite man and I'm basically running from about 30 yards to score a try. No, no one in front of me. I get tap-tackled. Uh-oh. I roll, get back onto my Is feet. release? And dive under the sticks. The ref calls it back, penalty opposition. Didn't release the ball oh, because you were held. What? How? I was, I was, sir, I was tap-tackled. No, you were held. You didn't. You got to release the ball. What? Oh. Oh. No. I've talked about this before. Oh. It still haunts me. Um... We had to share the cup in under 15's County Cup final. We had to share oh. the cup with Windsor, Newbury under 15's or under 16's, can't remember, it doesn't matter. Um, and we had to share the trophy with Windsor. 
a draw, I was through to score the winning try and it got called back for... Um, no, 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 no. No, yeah, that's it. I intercepted. I intercepted the opposition and it was called back and we, and they were given a scrum for a forward pass. The pass that I intercepted from the opposition, oh. he called a forward pass. Oh. I, and I was stood just going, oh. sir, they had the ball. <laughs> oh, is their pass? Forward pass. Did you get marched back 10, ten yards this weekend? No. Nope. Back chat? Nope. <laughs> I thought you did. No, no, no. Which was I was very well behaved on the chat. Yeah. I, 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 I got called back for, uh, t- 10 yards for back chat. Did you? Yeah. There's what a were you saying? In, in a vets tournament yeah. as well. <laughs> it's like a social vets tournament. We, we, clear, we cleared out the ruck. And then I finished off clearing out the ruck. And the ball was just open. Somebody picked up a ball, which was just there. And the ref called it in, in, in from the side. Yeah. Uh, I was like, that is astonishing. <laughs> right. <laughs> there were some astonishing decisions, I will say but that. But it was very well officiated. Very well officiated. Very well officiated. I, I, I suspect I was in the wrong. Yeah. Uh, a, fr- a friend of the pod, uh, Joe, has <clears throat> just sent me a message saying, just just to go back to Ireland, New Zealand, Peter Omani's 5022 is currently trending on some well-known adult streaming services. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great kick. What yeah. Kick? Hell of a kick. Um, you want to talk a bit, bit about England, then? Let's talk a bit about England. So, first and foremost, is... Guy Porter, England's most important player. <laughs> <laughs> who who knows? I have no, I have no idea. If, if you're going to say who's going to get changed from that team last week, I wouldn't have said Marchant because he started well, he started pretty yeah. much every well. every um, Six Nations game. He's arguably the form thirteen in the league, playing really well. He did, didn't do a huge amount last week, but he wasn't given any opportunity. It's not his his fault that nothing was created for him. So I was very surprised. Porter did all right. So he, he did everything that was expected of him, and not not a great deal more. That and that's a compliment. It's not a yeah, not yeah. A bad thing. So yeah. as soon as this team was picked, and I saw it, um, I called many people that I know and respect about rugby. Saying, "Why is this the case?" To chat it over. And reading between <laughs> the lines, uh, this is the um, dual nationality. Thing, isn't it? Oh, it's not actually. Oh, but, you're yeah. not banging your favourite drum. No, but chalk that. Yeah, chalk, <laughs> put another one in, okay. in, into that ledger. Um, no, it's more in golfing parlances. If you're not a good enough golfer, you don't get the good clubs. So Smith and Farrell were not yet advanced enough to get the good clubs to get the Marchant yeah. Club, you, the Rolls Royce. Yeah, you can't be trusted with this. Uh, you can't <laughs> put, put, put me to space. We're taking him off you. Here is a man that will take the ball and go forward. And he, he'll, although he did miss a few tackles in this game, but he generally hits hard. Yeah, he hits, hits well. Hits hard. Go, goes forward. Goes forward. Now, when they when they advance to a certain level, they'll give Marchant back. Yeah, but that's uh, that is basically how it went down. I don't. I don't actually know if he is dual qualified anymore. No, he played for England. Well, sorry, but prior to this game, but um, Porter and Potter were both um, university in Sydney. They both they both spent some of their formative years in Australia. Yeah, despite both being born in the UK and then moving out. As, yeah, as highly children. annoying, isn't it? That they've got similar names and similar backgrounds and similar positions. Yeah, impossible to tell them apart. Porter yeah. and Potter. Uh, Joe, I'm going to quickly. I'm going to rattle through this email from Daniel Palmer. Contact headchasers at gmail.com says uh, hello lads love the pod blah 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 full disclosure I'm a Saracens fan so I will have a bias but the criticism of Farrell irks the hell out of me this season he has been absolutely class for Saracens and without him in the back line England have looked blunt lateral and 
void of ideas. And with him in the background, <laughs> the, as well. So the, he did last week. Yeah. Yeah. The Six Nations was abysmal in terms of attacking back play without him. Yesterday, I thought Smith looked like what he is, a massive talent who's young and only on his first few international caps. His kicking out of hand was very poor. He made one decent chip in the first half and one, one lucky ricochet. He made no line breaks, put no one through gaps and was a defensive weakness because the Aussies targeted him. England moved Farrell into 10 def- defensively to protect that channel. If Smith hadn't have played yesterday, I don't think we would have missed him. Uh, it's then nauseating listening to Will Greenwood, Clive Woodward and, sorry, JB. Talk about Farrell... <laughs> Illustrious not- company if he's yeah, a JB yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Talk, talk about Farrell not being a 12 and Smith needs... He's the, not a 12, is he? ...needs <laughs> the freedom to play. Well, well, here we go. He's a 98-cap, three-tour test lion who's played half of his international career at 12 and all bar one lion's test at 12. Yesterday, it was Farrell kicking points and field position. It was Farrell running lines at 12. It was Farrell putting in crossfield kicks to Noel something if Smith had done we would all be gushing about the problem problem isn't that Farrell isn't a 12 because right now he's the best 10 and 12 we have the problem is that Smith has a long way to go to fulfil the undeniable talent to actually consistently boss te- test matches so far Smith is a very good Prem 10 he has not shown one or developed enough to warrant being called any more than that at this stage well, I tend to agree with this, the stuff about Smith you would be pushed to say Smith has had the game in an England shirt, which makes you say that is the boy for the future. I agree with pretty much everything Dan has said in that, and I, I, I think it's right. I think Smith is an incredible talent, but internationally he is just that. He has enormous potential. Massive potential. He has really yet to, sh- to show it. And these these two games, he didn't have a, a brilliant Six Nations. These two games, he has been kind of anonymous and on all the points of the weaknesses he was targeted he's been targeted by the Australians in the defensive line on numerous occasions and often Farrell and or Sam Underhill or Courtney Laws is there but they're not always there and, yeah um, he has been targeted some of his passing hasn't been good enough some of his kicking this week and I, I was actually trying to work it out because there were so many poor kicks from England but particularly in the first half, many of them were made to be good by really good chases. And no I, bad I, kicks. Well, yeah, and it's, it's something that you said, JB, but I was kind of thinking, is it is it just kick it, get it down there and trust the chase will put pressure on that Australian back three? An inexperienced Australian back three and one that was getting more inexperienced with every minute that went by after mm. Pattaya goes off after three, four minutes and then Parise goes off after... Oh, with what looked like a horrible knee oh, ligament yeah. injury um, after 30, 40 minutes, whenever it was. So, yeah, they, he, he, he's not been brilliant. He, he, he's barely been adequate, actually, thus far in, uh, in this tour. I stand by everything I said about Farrell last week. Every single thing. Effectively, he's wasted in the system. Um, you don't get the best out of two sets of hands in that system. So should he be 10, then? Is that is that what you think? He's he would definitely be. You know, you'd be better off with him at ten and more, and Smith off the bench rather than them together. I think he his ideas about attacking rugby completely clash with Marcus Smith's ideas of attacking rugby. I don't know if that will ever get resolved. Mm. Um, and when he plays with Ford, it's not a problem because him and Ford think exactly the same. They are, you know. So it's more of a system thing. He's wasted. He, he is wasted at twelve. I, I think I think the best. I think you're right right now, but I don't think you'll ever 
you won't you won't ever get the best out of Marcus Smith. You won't ever realise his potential if yeah. those two don't play together. And I'll come back to the one question that I think kind of Dan alludes to here. Uh, he says Farrell is the best 10 and the best 12 we have. Who else would you pick at 12? That's a good question. Because that's, that's kind available. of an important thing. Of the people available, like, who, Gab, would, who would you pick? Well, Guy, Guy Porter would be... Dan, Dan Kelly? Dan Ke- uh, well, think about this question, right? Which is... Farrell is probably the best 10 and 12 England have, you know, as it stands. But would Farrell be as good a 10 as Marcus Smith if he had uh, someone like Andre uh, Esterhazen next to him? I don't. The answer is I, I don't know. He had Brad Barrett for a big chunk of his career. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know who the <laughs> 12 is. I don't know who... Well, if you don't know who the 12 is, then I think probably Eddie Jones is making the right selection because he has a, a world-class talent who he can who can do a very, very good job. Good enough to be the first-choice 12 out of a combined team between the home nations over the last eight years. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still pretty suspicious of those, the, the, those selections. <laughs> pretty suspicious. <laughs> the, the other 12s in the squad would be Guy Porter, who obviously we mentioned started at 13, and Fraser Dingwall. They, they, they're yeah. your options right now. Doesn't fill your confidence, does it? So, but, no. but to Dan's point, yes, everyone, stop, stop with the the, the Farrell moaning. The guy is—he's about to become. He's about. He's, he's he's soon to overtake Johnny Wilkinson to become the second highest point scorer in international rugby ever, second only to Dan Carter, and he's also going to get his hundredth um, Test cap. In, yeah. a, it, well, in the autumn in the this, autumn yeah this year it's amazing what a bit of favouritism can do for your career <laughs> <laughs> nepotism yeah yeah exactly Having under the previous it. previous regime yeah. a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at UH1.com Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Everyone trying to cow favour with Andy. Exactly. Isn't it amazing what a famous name can can do? <laughs> I also thought, um, unfortunately, he went off injured, and I, I don't know what the, the severity of that is, but I think it was a concussion, so he might miss the final test anyway. But Mario Toji was immense. He's, he's out of the final test. Yeah, he's, he's out of the final test. Oh, yeah. really? But he was immense for that half an hour. He was a yeah. nasty, nasty piece of work. He was everything you love about oh, Mario. In that half an hour, particularly the pack, Everyone was brilliant. Everyone was so good. That that first thirty five minutes was, it, it was a complete performance by England. In, insofar as they just totally shut down Australia, they didn't do they didn't do a single thing. They couldn't get out of their half. They could barely get out of their twenty two for that first thirty five minutes. Well, did it not remind you of England last week when they were building building their score? <clears throat> um. They were more no, effective. They, they were, were more, more effective in for that period of time. Yeah. They were. They, I thought they were excellent, and the the kicking was sometimes poor, but the kick chase was brilliant. Uh, some of Noel's kicks were very, very. You put in a few lovely little sliders. Um, the line out was 
Actually, they, they missed a couple of lineups, but apart from the lineup, driving more was great. The driving more was great. The, the drop down for the Billy try after a, nice a few minutes. That. There was one driving more in the second half that went about forty meters. It was that beautiful. Was, that but was awesome. About sixty minutes in, I was convinced England were about to lose it. Well, they have it's, seemingly fallen off in the closing stages of games. Recently. Yeah, they they have done. I've said this before. I'll say it again. They are so dedicated to hard work. And their work rate is so intense that when it drops off, and that, if that's what, what you rely on, you, you, you're going to struggle. It is incredibly hard for anyone to play as hard as England do for a long time um, and still be competitive unless you've got a big, big score. Well, they, they did and they did drop off that five minutes towards the end of the, the first half and the first 15, 20 minutes where, of the second half where Australia were, were really coming back into it. All the territory and all the possession, they scored the Karevi try, which was just... The it was the compounding effect of lots of yeah. territory and possession. Uh, I wonder if England would be better off with a six-two split now. Well, that's what that's what Eddie Jones well, did name until Jack Willis was injured. Now that was the game. That was a weird mm. option to instead of bring Ezekwe or someone else on to swap Will Willis, Willis off with Will Joseph um, to go from a six-two split to a, a five-three split. Yeah, Eddie Jones has done a six-two split Sorry, on occasions. With who? Will, Will Joseph came in, in on the bench for, for, Jack, for Willis. Jack Willis. So who? <laughs> yeah, the the other he's traveling as boy. an apprentice. He's traveling as an apprentice and is now a what? F- How did I miss it? I didn't, I didn't watch it with the sound on. I was he, nipping in and out for games of sevens. And now he's a fully capped international. He was there as an apprentice. Same with Henry Arundel. He was there as an apprentice as well. Yeah, I can't believe Will, I missed this. Will Joseph um, came in for Jack Willis. What? How? Will, did Will Joseph get a cap? Yeah. Yes, he got the he got the field. Got, got on the field. Yeah. I did yeah. not see this. He had, he had one carry. Hang on, is he dual qualified? <laughs> he must be. He's got to be right. <laughs> wow, wow. Well, uh, to put a different slant on it, uh, Stu Norman, <coughs> nice one, Stuart. Uh, contact Chasers at gmail dot com. He's a uh, lifelong Wiverliskin player and fan. That Wiverliskin, that's down there in Dorset as well. I think. Is it? Um, I think we went past a sign on our way back. Today, ah. from uh, the Sevens. He said, anyway, um, so the, Wiverliscombe celebrate 150 years this season. Congratulations to that club. 150? That's all? That's like Bath? Can that be right? Yeah, well, I suppose it yeah, must be. Yeah, Bath had the 150 a few wow. years ago. That's fantastic. That's, uh, oh, there was a signed Bath shirt for sale at North Dorset Sevens. Or was it a, a, a raffle prize? Uh, well, we, was, it, was it a raffle prize? Uh, yeah, it was a raffle prize. I, I just delighted in in thinking that as a raffle prize, you get the worst team in the Premiership signed <laughs> as a shirt. You can stitch your own wooden spoon onto it. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, can I have a, Can I have the worst team in the Premiership, please? Uh, he's uh, and he's got a different. He said um, on England. Um, so I'd, mm, okay, so I'll, I'll I'll pick up on this point. He said, "Are are England classic flat track bullies?" Yes. And completely lose the plot as soon as any team stands up and competes. Yes. And it is interesting you talked about England's record against Australia, who are probably the least equipped, although Australia are a fantastic team and can be devastating on their day. And I Mm. think that their attack shows that when they have ball in the opposition 22, they are very, very good at finishing. But of all the top nations, they are probably the least equipped to to physically bully bully another team. And England do very well against them. I, I think there is something in that. And I think there is still... I've said this before, actually. There is still a bit of a hangover from the World Cup. The World Cup final where they got absolutely bullied by South Africa, um, 
that and you, we saw this no no game was um, it was clearer than the game against South Africa in the autumn where England were they were totally intent on proving they could physically match South Africa up front that they tried to do that for the whole game and nearly imploded nearly killed themselves doing it now it's a game that they won I think it was by two points they won I'm sure it was 28-26 but a massive South Africa comeback after England had been just trying to uh, prove that they could out physical, out physically dominate the Springboks. Reminds, reminds, reminds me of another game in the Premiership that uh, when last season's one, one of the best games of the season actually was Bristol Bears travelling to AJ Bell to play Sale. Oh. Every every international game reminds you of a Sale game. It does. Funny, <laughs> funny, funny, <laughs> funny, uh, funny uh, enough. Yeah, um, and. Uh, Bristol decided that instead of playing Bristol-style rugby with their nice little patterns and, patterns and shapes, they're going to go and beat, beat up Sale, and they got an absolute hiding. Mm. Great to see. It, I don't know if it's the AJ Bell, or maybe, maybe it's Ashton Gate. It doesn't matter. What does matter is Sale gave them an absolute <laughs> brutal beatdown. But I, I think there is something in that. Mm. Uh, I think on, on both counts, I think England, they are kind of fat-track bullies. They do want to prove to themselves that they can beat anyone up. But they can't necessarily. They they struggled. Yeah. They can they can beat up the weaker teams, and then they do struggle against France and against Ireland, who are a ferocious and incredibly well drilled pack. Against South Africa, against New Zealand, they do struggle. There's mindset thing as well as well with England, like the way that where they get the lads from, the mental makeup of those lads. Well, public school boys. Yeah, and that sounds cruel. And well, I was watching the Wales game. I was just looking at Liam Williams. I just thought there is no way on earth that guy would be an English international. Mm-hmm. Not because he's not good enough. I just don't think an academy would ever take him. Mm. Like, can you imagine him being uh, coming out of the I don't know, name the academy that loves gym monkeys? This this bendy legged guy, <laughs> mm. um, bow legged scaffolder. But he's the hardest man in the world. Yeah. And he's yeah. amazing. But a Premiership club would just look, take one well, look at him. No, go on Championship, mate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, th- I think there is something. And look at the, look at the p- English players who have played for other nations. The likes of uh, Chris Harris or Nick Tompkins or Will Rowlands. Yeah, maybe maybe they don't quite fit into the. Well, maybe Will Rowlands does fit into the archetypal. Uh, very much role. He's, so. He's absolutely enormous, chisel jawed mutant. Yeah, but, but Nick David, Nick David, Nick Tompkins is perhaps a better example. He's perhaps seen to be not quite big enough, um, not quite a traditional twelve type player. He's a he's an absolutely exceptional inside centre. I was very wrong about him. But I was very wrong. Yeah, but and he's exceptional all round. He's defensively great. He's I like him great more defence than, than attack. Oh, he, he, I attack, really like so, him in attack. He's low center of gravity. Yeah. He's so strong in contrast. Brilliant acceleration, but he never got a shot. At England. So, yeah. So we were having a. Um, <coughs> there's a little. The, the stats guy at BT Sport just pinged a little circular email around to everyone. And, uh, and oh, can you tell um, Phil what your nickname was? It the sevens. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll talk about the sevens in a second. I'll say this: platinum wrist. The um, yeah, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you that in a sec. The um, <laughs> the, the BT uh, Sports Stats guy just sent an email around to everyone, going, "Any thoughts on stats for the coming season?" Mm. And the one, the, the one that I was going to suggest straight away, and I thought of you, Phil. I know it's one you love, and actually, uh, fair play, Ugo pinged back and emailed exactly this one before uh, I had a chance to. Uh, Yak. 
Yards after contact. And yards after contact. And Nick Tompkins <laughs> would be one of the best at yards after contact. Mm. Yeah. Great, great yak on the boy. Oh, which, which, which one would I like? Mm, I, attacking kicks one. So, you, you wing, wing, wingers successfully winning back kicks. There you go. I'll put it out there. Contact yeah. at gmail.com. Let, let, me, let me spread that question. I mean, there are... I didn't reply because... I felt I thought no, I'm not replying because there's people like Sam Warburton and uh, Hugo and would, World no. Cup winners replying. Well, I'm not getting involved in that inc- chat. Incorrect. You act like you've been there before. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the one I'd go for. Highlight so, Sam's. Highlight uh, Sam's. No, no, I want to hear what Phil would say. So but I, yeah, but contactatechers like, at gmail.com with your thoughts, other stats you'd like to see as a fan or that might be interested or <clears> might be illuminating. Yak is great. I like the kick return or, or kick receive. I think that's a good one. Um, what I'd really like to see would be um, turnover decision making. So when you receive turnover ball, what do you do? Mm. So do you kick pass run? And if you run, what is the kind of average meters made? Ooh. Or what's, what's the what's the what's the return on turnovers? I do. I'd also Ooh, interesting. Be good to get some numbers on that. Yeah. I'd also yeah. like to see the average number of men in the lineup for each, for each team coming in coming into the game. Mm. Gives you a real indication of what they're what they're planning to do. Oh, and and obviously live pack weights, pre-match. Oh yeah, pack, yeah, yeah. Weight yeah, bridge. The weight bridge. This costs nothing, right? And Premier League <laughs> could do it tomorrow, and they could probably get a sponsor for it, can they? Like a big weight bridge company, or a protein supplement company, yeah, or someone, uh, someone is going to pay for that weight bridge. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's an extra thing to sponsor. It costs nothing. You can get it done immediately. <clears throat> and there'll be some absolute antics with lads holding water bottles full of concrete and all sorts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, why can't the Premiership Rugby think of these things? Why is it always left to me to have all the best, uh, best ideas? Yeah. Every... Uh. Contact Chases at gmail.com. So, uh, on to North Dorset Sevens. Let's have a brief, mm. a brief interlude there for a minute. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm gutted that I couldn't make it this year. Yeah, we, were just, we could have done with you, Phil. But I, well, I've I cleared some space on the Egg Chafers, Chasers Trophy Cabinet. Um, yeah. So, can you please unpack the Vets and the Sevens trophies to put on there? Sadly, there will be no further trophies to be, to, to, to be put on there. We've beaten Gallant beaten finalists oh. in, in the Vets tournament, but uh, but partly due to a defection. One of the players, defection. one of the key players in the opponents was. Uh, was a key cog in the winning team last year. And we're going sailing with him in a few weeks' time. What? Yeah. Don't mention his name. It's not. It's, uh... No, I'm not going to mention his name. He's, I've got an email here from him as well. No, don't. don't oh, and he's, list him. Uh, he's trying to. Yeah, he, uh, he's attempting an apology. Um, but no, he's going to have to go further than that. Although he did tell me an amazing story, which I'm going to share. Um, he went to Bristol University. And wanted to play rugby. Went along. Oh to, yeah, it's great! It's a well, fantastic story. Went along. To, went along to uni training, and he was one of you know a hundred and odd guys turning up to play, and they only ran two teams. Ooh. So he was looking around, going, "I'm not sure how this is going to work out as a fresher. There's three years of people. There's hundred. There's tons of people better than me." So he thought he might join a local rugby club. Great shout! And we've had this conversation recently. If you, if some people don't like the university rugby thing go and play for a local club that's what he did so he basically got the yellow pages out back then opened it up looked for rugby club found a number of a rugby club in Bristol called them and said do you have a under 19s team can I can I come down and play um, and he, he turned up and he went to training but the club that he contacted was Bristol Rugby Club 
<laughs> and he ended up being the lock for Bristol under-19s. Amazing. <laughs> Shows up to training at the ground. Wow. Bristol first team were playing Tonga. Like, where are the under-19s? Up the road. Up the road is like two miles away. <laughs> yes, oh, yeah. We need second row. You're in. Awesome. Yeah, it's so good. That's class. Yeah. What a ridiculous story. Yeah, then he lets down his mates in uh, Veterans Tens. So. <laughs> yeah, you so make up your own mind what kind of guy he is. Gallant, yeah. uh, gallant finalists in the, in, the, in, in the Vets competition on the Friday night. Which of my tries was your favourite <laughs> in, the, in, the, in Tens? Um, you see, I, it's about quality, not quantity, and I, I scored the, uh, the winning try. Oh, I think my, I think my in quality In the semi-final to complete our heroic comeback. Yeah. I, I think my quality was right up there, Tim. I'm not going to lie. No, do you know what? Um, so I am, by lots of metrics, as fit as I've been since I was basically a, a student. And I've got, so I got my 5K PB on the road. Mm. Best I've done in 20, 20 years. And But there's, rugby is a different, different type of fitness when you actually are getting walloped about and the wrestling and the up the and wrestling down. and all of that and 80 odd sprints and when you're and yeah <laughs> and when you're playing on concrete oh pitch the pitch hard was pitches. so ridiculously i can hard. see your knees are looking pretty painful jb your knees are um, pristine well, i didn't get caught did i <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah so i woke up on the saturday morning stuck to the tent yeah very <laughs> oh. very sore oh we played one seventeen. i think it was uh, spaghetti hoops or, or wind socks can't remember which one. Oh yeah wind socks were there last year yeah. weren't they and, decent uh, outfit somebody tried to tackle the wind socks player as he's going in for a try and just the way he goes down and just scrapes all of the skin instantly oh. off his shin I was like oh that's oh. horrible <laughs> horrible yeah. he's holding his shin I was like oh god and, you know Thankfully, anyone can walk off from a scraped shin, but it's just the stinging. Well, and then it's weeks of like you're sticking to the sheet at night. Oh, horrendous. it's horrible. Your suit pants at work are this, sticking to oh, you. I've had that in, in meetings. This yeah. is how this is how hard the pitch was. I have got awful and quite very really quite painful blisters on the oh, bottom yeah. of my feet. Wow, which have made it quite hard to walk on yeah. um, because just the yeah, just that's how hard the ground was. Good, good work, boys. Uh, no, Lace, so, yeah. Lacing up and getting involved. So on on the on the on the oh. Saturday we were um, semi finalists in the sevens competition. Uh, one of the reasons it is so hard this year is because we played on Friday night. So last year it was sevens, ten, sevens, ten. Yeah, yeah. Never got time to warm down. Yeah, yeah. Which You're constantly great. moving. You just got to and, carry on and there rafting. weren't any and there weren't any beers the night. Do you know it's only the beers? No, no, we had beers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we did have beers last, oh, last Friday. Oh, you, you, oh, yeah, we so you arrived on the Friday. Yeah, we oh, were. Good. We arrived on the Friday. We had beers with with all the boys Jim. and with Jake Pledry. Yeah, and then we were dancing in the rain at the disco until like one in the morning, two in the morning. Yep. on the Friday. And, um, yeah, speedos and, and we speedos snuck, snuck into the weights equipment, the, the locked away weights equipment. <laughs> and we're after about ten beers, we're seeing how many reps we could get on hundred k. It was set up for hundred kg, <laughs> and we're repping out on hundred kg <laughs> after ten beers. Jamal fancy the ch- uh, fancy <laughs> chance of um, of. Doing the, the the actual record for the day, Jamal, so, Jamal Ford Robertson, that is. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's a five max rep. They, they, they weren't there this year. The bench press guys, probably, probably because people were sneaking yeah. in when hammered. Yeah, true. Um, uh, yeah, so, so yeah, we were beating semi finalists. Uh, unfortunately, well, what I will say is um, there were several teams. I don't think this is right, Tim. There were several teams that were competing in the elite competition last year who dropped down to the social competition. There was there was just the rig check. 
on on the guys involved. It it was not a st- there was a lot of teams that were far from social. They were all stacked uh, last year, and we won the thing. Um, it wasn't that we just didn't play well. We just didn't have our organisation. Hmm. We just we just and also I couldn't physically move. Like by the time I got to the semi final, you, you did CrossFit on the Thursday and Friday mornings, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I did. And then I played what was three games, four four games of tens in the evening. Uh, and then wake up in the morning. Then a few beers. Yeah, yeah, the beers aren't a problem. Then you sort of <laughs> trot out. But by the time we did all of our group games, it was four group games. Then they requisitioned me for another group game for the other Egg Chasers team. Yeah. Then we did the quarterfinal, which we disastrous, disastrously won. Uh, um, <laughs> no! Don't score that try! <laughs> so it was like seven. So I think it was sort of like 11, 12 games. Yeah, totally. It was it was a, it was a hard, it was a tough schedule, uh, but that we had we were running two teams. Um, we had enough boys for two teams, and there was one dropout. So, yeah. and and the boys that so a lot of the vets from the night before played in what we called the Egg Chasers Bin Juice yeah. team, and uh, <laughs> they were vets, and they thought that they were signing up for the super social competition. Yeah, and then they found they were playing against teams who were. Uh, I mean, most of the teams we played were sevens teams who spend the whole summer every, every weekend going to... And, you, and in the case of some of them, they have open uh, tryouts before a season to qualify to be part of this uh, because you get cash money. Yeah, and you get to go on piss-ups in uh, yeah. Bournemouth but and like Ibiza how? and ND7s. Yeah, we, we would have been we would have done far, far better if we just had a tiny bit more organised. Tiny bit more organised. Or Phil. Yeah. Well, Phil, didn't, Phil didn't play I didn't sevens. play 7s last year. Oh. I, that was, only 10s. That, that, that tournament was the only time I ran in 2021 because of an injury to my yeah. partner Fascia. Wow. That was the only time. I'm now back, back running. Yeah. Um, fortunately. So I would have been I would have been better this year than I was last year. It got to a stage Say of that. sevens. The last group game of the tournament, which is actually, I had an extra group game thrown in there. I was like, I feel so bad now that it just won't, it won't make any difference if I play two, three, four, five, five more games. Yeah. Like, at that point, once you get to the lowest of the low, there's, there's nowhere there's else no to go. <laughs> there's a couple of great pictures on the, on the on our WhatsApp group from the weekend where it's JB kneeling uh, by the posts, so JB's kind of overstating it when he says he played quite often. He would he would make a, a fair play, fair play, score a good try, and then he would he would ju- he would just give the little <laughs> roll me off signal, and he would stay Help. he would stay in the prone position by the post for a few minutes. <laughs> it was hard. <laughs> did um, did Hugo af- ask after me? He didn't actually. Oh. Nor did Matt. Oh, what a, oh, it was, it was no, great no, to put some. It was great to put oh. some uh, faces and meet these guys in the flesh uh, that you've told me so much about over the last year, and they only exceeded the expectations I had. Oh, um, some top top boys! There. Absolutely incredible guys. And Martin, and Dave, Hugo, Zach. Wonderful, great fun. Wonderful human beings. Um, yeah, great nickname for Matt is Homelander, but I thought the the, the best nickname was when Tim scored. BT Money. <laughs> that was my nickname of the weekend, BT Money. Where's BT Money? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh let's brilliant. That, let's hope that doesn't stick. So next year, I'll definitely be there. But I'll put, I put the, put the um, family holiday on ice. I genuinely do not know. I mean, it takes a lot of me to get up for a seventh tournament. I don't, do not know how these lads do three or four uh, a year. I just can't fathom it. 
It's the boozing. It's, it's the. It's the. So last year, well, well, I took a heavy knock on the hard pitches on, yeah. just above my knee. It was swollen for weeks and weeks, and we. I wasn't able to squat properly for. It must have been about six weeks. Yeah, this is going to play havoc. This weekend was was awesome. It's totally worth it. It is going to play havoc with my CrossFit because yeah. you can see, like, I've got a swollen Ignore thumb, Phil. Yeah. I can see bruised, discoloured. I got, I got a discoloured, swollen thumb, so I can, I'm not going to be able to grip a bar properly. But um, hey, it, it, do it again. Do it again in a heartbeat. It was awesome. Yeah. And again, just a, an opportunity as uh, to meet, you know, people that are. I mean, we. It's bonkers to think that anyone listens because we just we're no one. We're no one. Yeah. We're, we're just three guys. But, do, do you know what I really? It's just what is wonderful uh, to, to to meet him in the flesh and realise that these guys are just like us. I've got amazing stories and. Yeah, yeah. What I like about these little se- seven tournaments, right, is it's quite a lot of entrepreneurship, which I which I quite which I quite enjoy. So you know, the obligatory coffee van with someone linked to to the club who's like trying to trying to make his way. Uh, our, our kits, um, S sixty six, lovely kits. Do you Great see, kits. Mm. You see them on? They look good. Don't they? I've not seen them in IRL, but I've I've seen them uh, on the pictures. They look fantastic. Yeah. So um, another one. Uh, this guy sh- uh, showed up, started making us, ne- uh, started making us ne- uh, Negronis. Oh, was, oh have we not say that? Yeah, we're not yeah. saying that. Fine. Uh, Perfect. Rum life. So he owns, he, he owns like a mobile bar. So you just you get this bar out for whatever you want, whether it be Negronis at your wedding, or you know get rum life down to do coffees at the beach, or what, or basically whatever it is. But I just think that's such a cool. You know, just going out there, getting stuff done. The Negroni thing. Let's just talk about that because I, I had quite a few of the boys ask, ask talk, mentioning this. And they and they were like, I can't quite work out. Did you make Negronis a thing? <laughs> because it is so weird. How I never, legitimately, when you first mentioned it, Phil, I didn't. I'd never. Phil? Heard, I'd never heard. It was me. It was Phil. You. It, it was, was Phil. That was ridiculous. It was Phil. In in 2010, I was boozing in. I've told this story before. I was boozing in Milan uh, on New Year's Day in Milan, and. Um, so first of January, having a few bit, having a lot of bits, had a load of Cuba Libras, and was ordering another round of Cuba Libra. And this very handsome chap in his forties, with two beautiful girls in their twenties, sat oh. next to us and I'm said, listening. "And said, <laughs> you, bo- you boys, if you like Cuba Libras, you should be drinking Negronis. It's the thing as you're in Italy, one of the few cocktails that um, doesn't come from Prohibition era um, uh-huh. US." And it was the Soul Wax drummer. Got chatting to him. Turned out to be the Soul Wax drummer who'd done a show the night before and was partying to relax on New Year's uh, New Year's Day. Wow! So, so that was my first. Ever, cool. That was so, my first so, Negroni. So my question to you is: Do you feel that you are now that forty-year-old almost? <laughs> <laughs> I knew you impart that wisdom. Yes, uh, Phil. Place, so you, you're, you're just waiting, you're, Phil. That's what. That's why Phil likes going to bars in London on his own. Yeah. Just so that one day he's going to spot someone that was like him. 15 years younger 15 years yeah. younger that you can just go, fuck off granddad said <laughs> 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 uh, I'll never have the two beautiful girls under my arm yeah well I contest that because I think so the reason I believe that me and him <laughs> drink Negronis is because I went to a bar with another mutual fr- friend of ours in my second year living in Manchester. So that, we're looking at 15 years ago now. Yeah. So it must, have, it must be... In fact, I, I, I can look it up because it's the date that... Oh, I want to say... Gorillas were playing in Manchester. Okay. Right? <laughs> so if we find that date, we will find out. Uh, I just looked at the menu. I said, oh, gin. 
Gryogen had this awful, awful, awful cocktail. Uh, it was so awful, in fact, that I immediately bought one for my friend. And then after that, as a gag, I'd be buying these awful cocktails and did so for, God knows, you know, you'd spend 40, 40 quid trying to ruin your mate. I'm happy to split the difference and concede that it... Uh, my, my recollection is that Phil first... That's a better story, though. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. happy for you to have it. Well, regardless of however it came about, it may, maybe it's pure naivety on my part, but when, when it was first brought up by Phil, possibly you, I'd, I didn't even know what a Negroni was. Mm. And, and within the space of... 18 months of us rambling on about it constantly. They're everywhere to the point that at the North Dorset Sevens, one of the... Buckets of it. They were selling bucket, buckets of Negroni. <laughs> buckets of Negroni. <laughs> Do you know that bucket? I mean, I don't think that's how the Italians inv- envisioned, you know, saw, saw their beautiful creation going, in buckets. <laughs> the, the, um, I went for a very nice meal in Yorkshire. Uh, the Black Swan in Oldstead the other day. And they you could sell a pre... Oh, sorry, you could buy... You could sell... They were selling, you could buy, a pre-mixed Negroni from a Michelin-starred restaurant what? in Yorkshire. What? <laughs> no. Oh, I obviously you, didn't buy, didn't is buy. The, is there any Is there any co- connection? There's definitely a correlation, but is there any remote causation between us ch- championing the, oh. the, the disgusting joy of a Negroni and them becoming seemingly ubiquitous. Almost certainly, yes. I, I couldn't. I There's no other um, way. Any other reason, yeah. Unless, unless the Soul Wax um, drummer has been partying with everyone. Yeah, and, and to think it, it could have been Salty Kiss that got all this, all, <laughs> all, all, all this business. <laughs> could have, could have been. Did it. Uh, one thing I do want to say, just on the uh, referring back to the North Dorset Sevens, but actually branching it out, is I, I had a thought floating and again not committing to anything but I just want to put it out there if there is a club in the land Mm -hmm. who maybe has a vets team that does Friday Night Lights and would Mm -hmm. like and and a clubhouse that would like to host our Egg Chasers team which we are always Mm -hmm. open to new members for so always get in touch Captain Lee will be delighted to hear from you and take your details down Uh, contact headchasers at gmail.com then get in touch Um, Mm. because I think the take, the big takeaway was we need to do this again soon and everyone got on really well and like I say from all different sorts of backgrounds all different sorts of stories would never have put these people together there was a father and son you had a, a PT instructor next to a you know um, one of the most trained uh, special forces uh, individuals next to a logistics consultant who jets all around the world mm, nice uh, next to someone who's travelled over from Tallinn um, and you'd never put these people together but it was awesome and I, it just made me think rugby's like a, rugby is like and this is why you should get your kid playing rugby if you have a kid it's, it's like a, it's, there's something a bit masonic about it it's like a secret handshake isn't it mm. because you you know once you play rugby you can go to any rugby club anywhere well, in the world I'm gonna and, use an example, and you'll have a load of mates I'm going to use an example of someone in our team to link to the Wales game Robin Hazelhurst. Mm. If he if he gets selected for Estonia, Estonia, he will become. He is in the Estonian training squad. Amazing. Their games got cancelled last year, so this accolade should have probably been awarded <coughs> to him already. But he may still become the oldest capped international. Sorry, the oldest capped international player on debut. Well, there was there was. Um so I don't doubt that, but that was, um, the South African yeah, scrum exactly. Yeah, shortly going to turn thirty-six. Imagine how much that Dion means for, to him. Dion Fury. Imagine how much that means to him. 
Yeah. But uh, that I, is I, incredible. I can't confirm what, um, I can't remember what Robin's age is. But yeah, watch, watch out for that. So he's a, an Englishman living in Estonia for, for many years, training with the Estonian national squad, and he could turn out as a prop for them and become the oldest ever international debutant mm. in, in rugby history. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Dion Free is not a scrum half, is he? No, he's, he's a he's a, Yeah, he's lined, he lined up in, in the um, in the uh, scrum half berth because it was 6-2 oh. split. And he runs like an ogre. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, he, he looks like an ogre, to be fair. <laughs> uh, I, right, I love the Dion Free story. I love it for yeah. lots and lots of reasons. I did point this out a few weeks ago. Older players are becoming more valuable. Mm. No, no, get the kids in, right? Get the kids yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. No, you either want kids or really old players. <laughs> no, no in between. No in between. <laughs> um, and I think that's how Premiership squads are building. Yeah. Like Leicester Tigers seem to be, uh, you know, going down, going down, down, down that road. Um, Gopeth plus the academy. Yeah, Faree played. Also, Ryan Olstad's played. Or Ryan, Ryan Hart, Olsen Ryan Hart, Elstat. I think he might be thirty-five or thirty-six. So you got two very old, very old, very old boys there. But they did it with Scout Brits at the last World Cup. That was awesome. Yep. Mm. Um, they brought back his. No, they didn't. They brought Victor Matfield back. But that, that went less well. It did go less in well. twenty fifteen, and it went even worse for Northampton. Uh, the uh, but what I was going to say is on the days of the URC final and the Premiership final, and the top fourteen. Uh, semis you had a whole team of basically over 35s playing mm. at the absolute highest level mm. yeah it was great so yeah. there is longevity oh, I, I, in, in, longevity in these boys if you look after yourself I, I, yes. do, I do just want to jump back to the North Dorset 7 briefly because I have an apology to make not just because I was only managed two appearances on the Saturday because I was just in such a noted sore way my knee was swollen my thumb was I was so disgusted by Tim not playing that I played <laughs> yeah, you're always going to play. No, no, it's, you're not. You're not even joking. Jay came off. I think after that second game, so getting ready to go on for the third game, and I said, lads, I'm sorry. I'm, I'll, I need. To, I'll come on if if someone's blowing and just needs a break. But I, I can barely. I'm on one leg now. I, I, I'm not. And the ground was so hard. Um, so I said, I'm not sure I can. Jay, Jay was like, I need a rest. I need a rest. And he went, What? You're not playing, Tim? Right, I'm playing. He literally <laughs> did that. It was like snap. He went from I can't play to finding out I was coming off and deciding right that's it I'm playing. Um, just to spite, just to spite you. Well, what spite he doesn't him. realize is that was the that was the plan. It was a completely fake the yeah. injury. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He'll fall for this yeah. hook, line, and sinker. There he goes, idiots. <laughs> no, but the apology I need to make um, is I, I I was really annoyed. I the one in the court session. Uh, my fine that I was up for was uh, I've I, I've for for the whole time that the guy's been listening to the podcast they've heard me mentioning that I'm a world record holder <laughs> or downing a pint but they, but most of them haven't seen it and the one I did it was, it was so average oh, was it no. it was oh. I was really disappointed well it was it was ice cold straight out of the beer cooler really fizzy lager oh and it's it's hard to do. And the night before, when we were chatting to this person who will remain nameless with the brilliant Bristol story, I did an absolutely incredible one because I got I got um, not outed or, or mm. buffaloed or whatever, and I, I did such a smooth one, and no one saw it. Oh, what and a waste! I feel like I owe the boys a really good pint next well, year. Noted, noted, next year, noted. Uh, Wales, yeah. How did they do this? How did they do this? <laughs> How did they do this? Indeed. 
So, I thought South Africa would give a better account of themselves than last week. I, I, I know I kind of joked before about the, the team, better team, better personnel. I agree with you. I, yeah. I looked at this team and thought they're kind of free from expectations. They're, it is an incredibly talented team. They, these boys are going to absolutely tear Wales apart. Yeah. I, I sort of... Yeah, not only did I think that as well, I also thought of South Africa sending warning shots across the bowels of the existing team, which is, this is not good enough, boys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, sh- in every position, we've got a guy who's as good, if not better than you. In yeah. every position. So you better book your ideas up. Yeah, that's exactly how I read it. Yeah. And um, they didn't fire a shot, to be honest. I, I mean, I, I, just a quick note. Awesome, awesome to see Peter, Pete, Peter Steph, Steph Toy back. Yes. But not even he was good. Well, he was one of the better players, but probably probably the f- the opening minute of the game, the opening 20 seconds of the game, uh, probably sums up where Wales kick off. I can't remember who gathers it, but basically goes immediately to get ground with no Wales player around, and Peter Steph Toy just flops on top of him to... to um, seal off the rook what wasn't even a rook at that stage but was about to become a rook Wales penalty three points for the most stupid irrelevant unnecessary interaction involvement that you could possibly imagine yeah. a minute into not even a minute into the game and crackers Wales came with a plan it's the same plan they had last week and they executed it brilliantly and that was box kit box kit box kit and I, I jokingly said we had our I think the game was 20 minutes in and it was three all when we had to go and play a game our second match so we left the clubhouse and went and I was saying to the Welsh lads in our team I said come on they were sort of reluctantly leaving I said sorry all you're going to miss is 20 more minutes of box kicks and then we came back at half time after our game and half time hadn't even I think it only just finished half a finish because the first half took about an hour and uh, yeah, it was still three all, and the <laughs> summary from people in the clubhouse was: "You were right. It was just twenty more minutes of box kicking." But the, these but two that's teams, exactly what I want. but Wales did it brilliantly. But the, these two teams, we've seen it. We saw it in this, the World Cup semi, World Cup semi final was kick, 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 kick. Yeah, because the, the two teams want to stay in the arm wrestle, want to stay in the fight, want to eke out the, the um, territory, and then they want to win the penalties or, or force a, a pushover try. The impressive bit is. Wales actually won it not doing that. They got the territory, but then it was a brilliant finish, an incredible path from Anscombe and a brilliant finish out wide under massive pressure from Josh Josh Adams that won the game. Yeah, so, yes, that is what won the game eventually. South Africa are like the old Jamie Roberts joke, which is he makes three yards regardless. Mm. You know, uh, breaks through the gap, three yards. Doesn't break through the gap, three yards. It's the same, it's, it's the same outcome. South Africa can't find it within themselves to even slightly change their game plan, depending on who the opposition is. Now, in some ways, I, can't, I quite respect that. You know, they're going to play the same way against France as they are against Georgia, and they are against Italy. But I think they should have tried to make Wales play play some more. They should have really tried to put Wales under some more pressure. That said, I'm not sure they can. I mean, Pollard didn't exactly set the world alight with his playmaking uh, ability. If you're a Leicester fan. How do, how do you feel? He's a very expensive 12. <laughs> reserve 12 behind Dan Kelly. Reserve 12. But he's uh, been a very expensive reserve 12 for Montpellier. Yes. For a couple of seasons. So, that, so that's the first one. Um, for Wales, 
they knew what was coming. And if you can prepare for your opposition, because you know exactly what's coming, and that is sort of helpful. Dan Lydiot was magnificent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he got some eight more tackles than the next clo- uh, uh, closest guy. Now, if you just want big South Africans levelled, it's like Dan Lydiot was designed for yeah. this. <laughs> he was born for this job. So he he was up. He he, he was up. He was. But he's another one who I was certain about three years ago his career was over. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He's done. And he's back. Ever since he came back from France, I thought his career was. Been, and like he yeah, does yeah. sort of come back, but then he gets injured again, and then he comes back. Yeah. Another another guy in his thirties. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And playing absolutely brilliant rugby. I mean, who would have thought that one of the best ever Welsh back rows. Uh, Warburton, Falatau, Dan, um, Dan Idiot. Who Who'd have suspected that two of those guys would be still playing in you know, tw- 2022? Yeah, yeah. It is amazing. And, yeah. here, and here we are. And, and uh, Tommy Ruffell. Yes. Who, who is... So he, he looks to the man of born to yeah. international rugby. He should be looking at Hondre uh, uh, Pollard and saying, I want some of that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm going to take your dinner money, yeah, Andre. Exactly. Um <laughs> So that's quite interesting. Uh, Wales could prepare for this. They did prepare for it. Uh, I mean, another, another thing, another thing which is absolutely inc- incredible about this Wel- Welsh performance, the bench came on and made an impact. Mm. You, you're, you're thinking, well, it's going to be the uh, South African bench that comes on. And really, well, we were really worried about the Welsh props, weren't we? Yeah, uh, Dylan Lewis. Yeah, uh, great, great, great game. Uh, and then when they really needed to step up, that last that last scrum was giving me kittens. Like there is, I mean, not that I care, of course, but uh, <laughs> that last scrum, all the South African greats are there. Malcolm Marks is there. Yeah, um, you know, they're, they're, they're all ready to go. Wales have conceded uh, scrum penalties, and they were rock solid, mm-hmm. rock solid. I think Adam Beard is another one of those guys you can put alongside Lydiot and Dan Vega is just a bit of a leader, a bit of a guy who you know doesn't mind front, doesn't mind fronting up. I think he probably bullied at. Um, Etzbeth a bit, particularly in the lineout. I mean, Etzbeth had no had nowhere to go. Mm. Uh, Beard is all over him, and Beard's an, an absolute nightmare when it comes to malls. Total um, nightmare. Yeah. So, I, I loved seeing Cuthbert back out there again. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's another one. Although he was hurt, I don't know if he's gone. Yeah, home. he went off injured with the arm in a sort of sling thing. So I don't know what the extent of that is, but yeah, it was great to see him back again. Yeah, really, really great result. Massive, massive fair play, Wales. It's incredible. Uh, yeah. It's incredible to see. Um, now, what was the thing I was going to say? <sighs> Alan Jones' yellow card. Now, I didn't see this with sound on, so it looks to me as if literally no offence was committed. Why did he go off? Uh, it was, was it... He was a rook five metres out from Wales' line. Was it just um, yeah, it was, it was repeat offences? Yeah, that, but there was no offence. Was it, no. Repeat offences, but no offence on there this was, one. There so. was no offence. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it was a. Uh, yeah, it was. It was pretty. It was head scratching. Yeah, it was, uh, they were giving him wild about it. Thought going wild. Well, just check it. And I agree with them. You know, if if Alan Wynne Jones is telling you, and Josh Adams is telling you, and then look, we've not touched this ball. I don't think they're liars. Mm. You know, go and check it. Well, I mean, yeah, I'd be all right with that if it got the right decision. Um, technically, and I know referees do use it for other things, sometimes to decide how a game should restart, but you're only supposed to use the TMO for foul play. Yeah. And this yeah. was just a, I've decided that's a penalty. No, yellow card, though. No, no, no. But the yellow card was, as team Phil said, for repeat, uh, repeated, team, offenses. team offenses. Repeated infringement. Hmm. 
Uh, and also on, on that um, repeated infringement, because it's one of those occasions where a replacement comes on and then they just happen to be the one who does the final. They, they're the straw that breaks the camel's back and they're the one that has to pay. I, I, yeah, they're, they're, I'd love a way of letting the the captain pick which player has to go <laughs> off when it's a team offence. You should be able to just <laughs> pick. Oh, imagine. Imagine. <laughs> be brilliant. Yeah, t- sorry, this is just a list of things which I think, think are amazing, and then me naming players. Um, <coughs> George North, successor 13. Another yeah, one yeah. I thought would be in a complete disaster. No, it's all right. Yeah. yeah. Reasonable. Play, playing well. Yeah. Well, is he on the. What, what's that? Was he on 107 caps? Isn't that ridiculous. And he's still 28. Still, He is still young. He's. I think he's the same age. I'm sure I looked this up ages ago. He's about the same age as Michael Hooper. Um. Because both of those were like record breaking to fifty caps. They were like uh, fifty caps by the time they were twenty two or twenty three, so they're, they're within a year of each other. And I think Hooper Hooper could go on to break the all time record, depending on whether Alan Wynne Jones ever stops playing rugby or not. Yeah, that is true. Which he might not ever stop. N- never. They just hey. keep coming on for five minutes at the end of the game. Don't want to mention it, but another guy caps. who's getting on in age, Alan Wynne Jones. Yeah, another one. He he's got. A few miles under the... And he's got four more years what, to go. What, what potential... I'm <laughs> Five, just, another World Cup. Yeah. I'm just thinking what English players could... Courtney. Could, we could call up. Oh, yeah, Courtney's that kind of guy, but, no, but oh. maybe we, we've overlooked and could, what, do a, boys? could do a Cuthbert or a Lydia and get them back in and... Ooh. Oh, who would be? Wiggy. Right, Wiggy would be a be great a, shout. Yeah. I mean, he, he came back in about three years ago, maybe? Yeah. Briefly the ahead of Nations for an yeah. injury, yeah. Oh, that is a good shout. Who's still knocking around? Mm. I tell you who I'd love to get a an international cap. It's never never going to happen, but it could be New Zealand or England. Uh, now, Jimmy Gopeth. I'd love to see Jimmy yeah. Gopeth get an <laughs> yeah. international cap aged, whatever he is, thirty nine. Thirty nine. Yeah, just one. Yeah, I can't think of any more. It'd probably be a prop. Um, it'd be. Uh... There must be a few. Who's, who's knocking around? Well, I mean, you need, a, you, you need a 12, right? Oh, yeah, what are you thinking? Jimmy Gopeth. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, perfect. 12 uh, sorted. Absolute pro, not missing any any kicks. Probably yeah. a better kicker than Farrell. <laughs> Soon he's 12, 12 position better. Attacks more similar to Marcus Smith. Yeah. You know, absolute facilitator. Doesn't, you know, simultaneously is a is a mentor but doesn't steal all of the limelight like some other <laughs> 12s might you know I think I think, it'd be, I think that'd be really real good one do you see how um, Eddie Jones described Farrell after the win this week yeah he's, yeah with best players ever had M- M- most competitive players he's that's ever what had Chris, that's what Chris Boyd describes um, Dan Bigger. Bigger's Bigger, yeah. And we all know that Owen Farrell is just a poor man's damn bigger. <laughs> I like Owen Farrell. I do like Owen Farrell. It's a joke. It's just a joke. Uh, just briefly, I'm just going to say congratulations to Namibia on sealing yeah. qualification for the Rugby World Cup. Awesome. They won the final of the the that World Cup qualification, the Africa um, area competition uh, for that spot. They beat Kenya 36-0 in the final. Yeah. Uh, congratulations as well to Romania, who got a great win away in Uruguay. Well, it's Northern Hemisphere. In the, in the Northern Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere duels, only Northern Hemisphere was allowed to win this week. It's true. It's true. Um, which, that that is a good result. Because uh, Ur- Uruguay, no yeah. joke, they beat, uh, famously, very famously beat Fiji in 2019. They are a good team. So, 
that is a good result for Romania. And I haven't even seen the result actually come in. Oh, uh, France just beat Japan as well. I haven't seen the yeah. result come in, although I think I know the well, I know the result now because we just got an email from Blair Besley uh, from Brockville, Ontario, in Canada. This is a great result. Who says egg chasers? As a Canadian rugby fan, I have never been so disappointed in my national team before today. Well done to Spain, but Rugby Canada needs a wake-up call. Decolonise that. (laughs) 57-34. What? To to Romania. uh, Romania. To Spain. To to not Russia. Um, And and with... It was 57-20 with 15 minutes to go, with 10 minutes to go. The two late tries made it look marginally more respectable Uh, to Canada. At the same time as being delighted that Spain are, uh, you know, are get, getting better all the time, Portugal, yep. Uruguay, Georgia, all the rest of it, it is so sad to see Canada. Yeah. Who, well, it's so sad to see Spain, actually. Because if they're dispatching Canada, who are perennial uh, were, World Cup... Were. Were, sorry. But now we've got this new nation who... You know, it's just got, it's got a little bit more draw because it's not just the... Ang- uh, ang- I can't say that. Anglosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing, I mean that's a real big deal. That that I don't, I don't, I don't, not going to be in the World Cup. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I yeah, completely agree with you. Sad. I don't think it's more. It's better than Canada. I think it's Canada. Canada have got so much heritage in rugby. They've got all those years of playing. I think they've they've won World Cup games. They've had amazing. They beat Wales bring, bring in, the like, early 90s. in Cardiff, didn't yeah. they? And they've they were a legitimately a very good rugby team and one that you thought could lead part of a, a yeah. resurgence of tier two nations any, and they are really in a bad any place any rugby nation that thinks that it's a good idea to dispose of um, J- Jamie Cudmore and his services deserves everything that they get uh, they picked woke- wokeness o- over rugby and guess and, and guess where it leads massive massive losses at home to Spain enjoy boys enjoy mm. um, other world Cup qualifiers there's a two legged qualifier between Chile and USA that USA won by a single point in the yeah. first leg. So a 21-22 lead that was away in, in Chile. I, I looked and I couldn't find anywhere to watch that. Ah, don't know. Maybe maybe World Rugby's... No, I, no. no, no. I, you would have thought, with a World Cup place on the line. Yeah. Oh, you would have thought. And this, yeah, but this is exciting. One point. Yeah, so they go... Um, I assume it's going back to US because this was played in Chile, um, in Santiago. In torrential conditions, it looked like it was flooded, waterlogged. Um, but a very narrow win for USA to take into the second leg to hopefully secure World Cup qualification. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah, they should do. They should do. Any after this, I think I'm right in saying there'd still be the repechage. Um, I'm just going to stop you there, Phil. If if we were doing a, a drinking court session right now, JB would <laughs> get, be getting a heinous fine. <laughs> Messaging on WhatsApp during a podcast. JB. I, I, I'm getting some feelers out for some important information. Why, <laughs> <laughs> um, why? The, the, the punishment for that would would be, as well as downing a pint, it would be allowing... Death. It'd be I, death. I would allow... We'd um, fire up a wood chipper. I would allow... <laughs> Dave Mack to send one <laughs> message to anyone he chooses on your phone. <laughs> um, one, one more thing. I think we've covered pretty much all the rugby. One more thing that we didn't. I don't think we did full justice to last week, and I think it, it does bear repeating this week, even though they lost. 
Australia are a good team. Australia are a legitimately good team. They've got a good pack, particularly with um, Taniela Tupu playing. Mm-hmm. They've got ferocious ball carriers. Their set piece is good. They've got some lovely skills and mm. devastating runners in the backs, even though they just keep getting injured. And the the repeated injuries just doesn't seem to phase them as well. So they are, Australia are a legitimately good team to the point where in the last year they beat France in the um, 2-1 in the summer tour last year. They beat South Africa twice last season in the rugby championship home and away uh, and they obviously beat England in the in the first game of this they finished second in the rugby championship only losing to to New Zealand so Australian rugby is not in a bad place at mm. all from a, from a few years ago where it did look like basically their only way out was um, effectively to recall uh, Drew Mitchell, Matt Gitto and Adam Ashley Cooper again to, <laughs> to save their bacon <laughs> Um, hey, old players getting back in. Get back uh, the blueprint. One thing I will say, um, I don't think we mentioned it last week, but we, we got it wrong a couple of weeks ago on Gitto's Law. Gitto's Law was revamped, I think it was earlier this year or last year. So now, I think it's a lower threshold, it might be 20 or 30 caps, but you could only have three non, non-Australia non Rebunion um, capped players, or sorry, non, non-contracted uh, players in the national squad at any one time. And they've had it for um, Samu Karevi, Quade Cooper, and there's one other. Which is why the Arnold boys and Rob Simmons and others weren't called up to this um, series. Mm. Interesting. No comment on whether that's right or wrong. That's just a, the fact. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is just a position that they, they have um, put themselves well, in. Well, do you know what? At this exact moment in time, you'd rather be... Uh, an island fan than an Australia fan. Mm. However, when it comes to a World Cup time, usually, <laughs> on average, uh, Australia tend to somehow get themselves into a very competitive place and Ireland find a way to conspire. So a lot can change. But we're, we are learning a lot about these teams over these weeks and uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Love it. Absolutely. So, And, th- and this, this week was exactly what we needed. If this was... It- if week two was a repeat of week one in terms of the results, nothing would nothing would matter. It would it would all it would all be. <laughs> Sorry, we just Jay is checked out. He's not. He's, he's not. It's really interesting. He's he's like occasionally like looking up and nodding. With, <laughs> it's what, I'd love to know what is more interesting than nodding about rugby. He's doing a great impression. He's, he's of, hiding his phone from, from me as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My phone. He's angled the phone so yeah. I cannot see the screen. When, when, right. my, when my wife is trying to tell me about her day at work, I, <laughs> JB, JB, you're doing an impression of me listening to Claire. Yeah, <laughs> so true. Uh, so go on, tell me about your second rose. <laughs> no, we moved on. We moved on. That, that way, was about five. Way. That was about five minutes ago. Um, so. Everything is perfectly poised for particularly the big games. So we go into next next weekend um, the sixteenth Saturday the sixteenth fixtures with New Zealand Ireland perfectly poised. Um, Australia England South Africa Wales and and indeed Argentina um, Scotland which we've not actually talked about but Scotland putting a go I watched sixty minutes and it was done done by that point yeah they cool. they, they, they they weren't brilliant and actually. Uh, they weren't brilliant in the first half, but they were more than good enough to to dispatch um, 
dispatch Argentina. Yeah, apologies to, to Scotland fans, actually. Um, I, I will just, there was one email to that. Uh, uh, Ian Kennedy, contacthedchases at gmail.com. He said, glad to see a much better performance this week, though he's writing this as he goes. So he was writing notes through and then sent the email at the end. So 25 minutes. He said, glad to see a much better performance this week. Uh, 25 minutes in the first half, we're still handling skills optional. Yeah which is a, f- a fair assessment. Uh, unfortunately, injuries in the backs meant Townsend was forced to play a 10 at 10 and a 15 at 15 for what? most of the second half. No, that's that's rubbish. Yeah. Well, it, it, Kinghorn, I don't think, was injured. So when, Ross, Kinghorn. when Ross Thompson, he was given the last 32 minutes. Yeah. Um, I, think that was a, I think that one was a tactical decision. Yeah. Um, he said, the defence that Scotland had built their reputation on in recent years and went AWOL during the Six Nations was back especially in the last 13 minutes 21 unanswered points in the second half and no tries conceded one interesting thing from the ref uh, Matthew Raynow called uh, that you'll be pleased to see Matthew Raynow called advantage over when uh, when anyone or so yeah when anyone was clean through when anyone was clean through in the 22 worked okay for Scotland less so for Argentina so yeah, the thing that I talked about really yeah, yeah, to me, yeah. like what more? If you drop the ball over the line, you don't yeah. get to go back and have a penalty. That's on you. Yeah, and uh, Matthew Raynal is is doing just that. So awesome, uh, nice one, Ian. Hmm. And I, I thought the so John Barkley was fuming at half time with some of the um, Scotland missing their chances, but they they took them in the second half and put uh, a slightly weakened Argentina team to the sword in the second half um, great seeing um, Bennett outside scored a, scored a great try and seeing him back because he's a really good runner and he, he feels like he's been out of international for, for a while really yes, good to see I him I thought that when I saw his name last, uh, last week actually yeah good to see Roy Hutchinson back internationally yeah. albeit playing playing 15 and didn't, didn't really get into the game Darcy Graham looked awesome. He did. There was a no box, Barry then. box kick that he took in that first half that should have... He box kicked and then uh, kick chase catches it, lands on his feet, beats about three players, offloads the ball, and it should have been uh, Duan try or Duan um, at least setting up incredible field position. Duan ran into touch. Of course. Uh, ably guided by three um, Argentine defenders, but he should have stayed in field. So... Um what was the story? Yeah, I didn't watch any of this game, but I can give you some feedback. Uh, <laughs> apparently, John Barkley uh, decided to watch Netflix on his analyst iPad. <laughs> Do you see that? No. no. Ale- I don't believe that. Allegedly. Can, uh, ne- John Barkley can do no wrong in my eyes. Yeah. Great. L- he- ne- he's worse than me on this podcast. <laughs> well, it did answer my question last week, which when I said I didn't know if um, Stuart Hogg was even on this tour... He wasn't. He was in studio in in the UK, so he was not. He is not in Argentina at the moment. Correct. Uh, and I will just finish from uh, Ian, the Scotland fan uh, in Glasgow. Uh, just an interesting uh, little thing to finish on, which I'm not sure how you'll take this one, Jay. He said, "I, I didn't take your up your advice on CrossFit, but I did do the Joe Wicks 90 Day Program. Uh, only lost 2k, however, lost three inches off the hip, four off the weights, and gained one and a half on biceps and quads." Mm. Hmm. Interesting. There you go. Interesting. Well, you would have pumped those numbers if you'd done CrossFit. If only. Yeah, you'd be doing double, triple, triple those numbers. Absolutely. And you'd be emailing us and saying, "Let me come join the uh, the Egg Chasers team." Yes. Let me get one of those incredible jerseys. 
Oh, beautiful jersey. I'll put a, I'll put a picture up on, uh, on on Twitter or somewhere. Um, oh, Tim, what were the socks you were wearing? Blue and green, are they uh, Newbury? No, no, they're Nottingham. Uh, not- I, uh. I, I, I used to have a massive sock fetish and I had <laughs> so many pairs of rugby socks and I, I culled them all, I got rid of them all a few years ago, but um, I just kept a, a couple of pairs. A select and, few. And that was, that was one of the ones. Yeah, I, I, I miss having rugby socks. Uh, you're, I love those Bayon Bombers ones. You have. They are awesome. The Bayon Bombers shorts are awesome. Mm. Really nice, nice short, tight shorts. Oh yeah. Oh, do you want do you want, do you want a quick a quick Twitter scandal? Yes, please. Is this what you have been doing for the last fifteen minutes? Whatever. Should we? Uh... <laughs> uh, World Rugby have um, posted a tweet, and the tweet is about Ken, the Kenya coach. We do not fear Namibia. We respect them massively, but fear no. And this quote has been put on a picture by World Rugby, and World Rugby have actually used a photo not of Kenya, but of Uganda. So uh, this is a huge, huge. Uh, Why is that a scandal? Well, because it's meant to be Kenya. It, they got it wrong. Yeah, no, wrong no, team. No, no, but it's the wrong team. Yeah. So when you say World Rugby, it's like it'll be like a nineteen-year-old. <laughs> Social media intern who's just put the wrong photo of the wrong team on. So, you know, calm down. In the wood chipper for you. Yeah, in, in the wood chipper. <laughs> Somehow I'm sure that's... They're, 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 are people genuinely... Disrespect, mate. Mm. Disrespect. Get a I've got to say, I've got to say, imagine if they did that with, like, Scotland and Wales. Yeah. People go mental. They would go mental. Yeah, but I also know the sort of people that do the jobs, um, and quite often. So, for example... Is you this- know. You know those times when... Um, is this a bigotry of low, low expectation here? No, no, no. You, you, you know these incapable people. <laughs> well, yeah. Th- well, no, when you... I know what they get paid and how old and how inexperienced they are. No, but but th- sometimes that, that, that happens when um, the wrong photo gets put up of someone. So they'll say it was like, oh, look, uh, here's... Uh, Lewis Ludlam. Lewis uh, Ludlam and it was uh, no, Anthony this, Watson. Uh, no, it was. This is a real one, isn't it? Lewis Ludlam and Alice Genge. Yes. Now, that isn't. People have made that a racist thing. Uh, but however. Chris Ashton and. Uh, Dylan Hartley. Dylan Hartley. Dylan Hartley. However, it, was, it is simply the case that occasionally the images on. Getty or wherever other images you get them from are mislabeled. So then, and, the and, 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 <laughs> yeah, and a kid who's on really low amount of money uh, goes in in good faith, does it, and then there's a big Twitter battle. Oh, just, just get off Twitter. It is funny, isn't it? It is funny when it when it happens. Uh, right, quick predictions for the game then: England, Australia. England are going to win. I think England are going to win. Without, England. Even without Marrow. Oh, that's a bit of a worry, second row, but anyway. It's a nice opportunity for Oli Chesham to step up. Yeah. I, I thought that in the second half. I thought he he was absolutely fine, didn't didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Want to see him work a bit harder, but it's a great opportunity. Yeah. Have you seen Oli Chesham's brother yet? Uh, he's playing England under the 20s this week. Yes, big he strong was. boy. Looks a bit big. Um, Looks a bit massive. England lost to Ireland. Last minute penalty in the under twenties yeah. this week. Well, it may have not been this week that he did the kick charge down, but he scored a try either this game or the, or the last game. Mm. Cool, yeah. Mm. Uh, and also, do you see Georgia spanked Scotland? Oh, in the under twenties, yeah, 20s, yeah. They absolutely hammered them. Yeah, yeah. big win. Oh, good, well. w- good, good little period of time for Georgia at all levels. Uh, uh, I think. So England, so we're saying England. England, we're going to win. Wales are not going to win. 
I can't see it. But we so, said that last week, so I'm happy to say it again and and welcome all the emails saying eat that eat that humble pie. Yeah, yeah, and England, I'd be very happy if Wales do win. Wales no, England no, Ireland no, England yes, Wales no, Ireland yes. Oh, I I don't know. It's so tough. Uh, it's be so. Do, do New Zealand change it up? Because I'm very effective shutting them down. Um, but and you could you could say they're not going to change it up because of the red card. That's the red card and being down to 12 men for a period of time, blah, blah, blah. That's what led to it, not the ineffective um, playmaking. I I would maybe change it up if I was New, New Zealand because I think Ireland have got their number in terms of that, that defence. So... Um, I, th- I think they'll I think they might start Richie Moonga. Um they, they might be able to go back to Whitelock in the row and Barrett back on the on the flank, which will sort mm. of ma- match Ireland a little bit up front. Yeah, I I just I I think Ireland might sneak it, but I'm so fickle because I was last week saying oh, oh Ireland got no chance. Ireland got no chance. Yeah, so. give me give me New Zealand. I think yeah. they'll change a couple of personnel, and I think. Ireland just won't be as effective at um, silencing them this week. Mm. They'll get their New Zealand will get their big power runners going. Wonderful, right? Uh, we should we should just hop on for a very uh, for a quick uh, Patreon some mm. extras. Maybe we can reveal a few little bits and bobs from Ooh, North yeah. Dorset Sevens. Tell me all the stories. It, All the goss. Or yeah. what, what I want to know is what what's going on on JB's WhatsApp. Maybe we'll get to the bottom of that as well. <laughs> I do actually. Patreon.com forward slash you might have forward slash egg chases. Uh, oh, one other question I got asked by someone. They said, "Is is is there a reason, or does it not that does it matter, or is there a thing? But why Phil? It, it always I say." let the boys play and JB follows it with let the boys play and Phil doesn't say anything no because I, I cuss him off at the end don't I? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I say it every week and it gets edited out oh, yeah. every single right. week this time Phil will keep you in uh, thank you very much for listening let the boys play let, let, let the boys play brilliant um. don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 